Yeah. Okay. All right. My yeah. name is Josh Alvarez. I'm Liam O'Donnell. And welcome to episode 41. 41. Yeah, I know. That's so many episodes. Today on the show, we have our guest, Mr. OB. Yes. How you doing, OB? Great. Thank you for doing the show with us. Thank you for having me. Obi is one of our longtime listeners. Apparently, oh, yeah. he hasn't listened to every of the 41 episodes, but he's listened to a whole lot of them that he's come to the show prepared. Yeah, at least half of them I listen to. My I, man has a notebook. Does he? That's, that is actually amazing. There's only one other episode where someone brought a notebook, and that would be Mr. Evan Valella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Evan, first a, a year a, ago. Another faithful listener. Another faithful listener a year ago when we did our Christmas horror episode. To be fair, Evan's notes were things like, fake punks, <laughs> boob, like just like not, they weren't actually that in-depth, his notes. We had we had movies to watch. I think he wrote stuff about each movie. Sure. They were just like stream of consciousness ideas he had while watching the movie, but he felt very, and honestly, it was more than any guests that prepared. I feel like we've had guests on who weren't even sure what the name of the podcast was. They were yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. what's this we're doing? All right, whatever. Like, Wait, we get federal donuts, right? <laughs> like, I, f- I feel I feel like we've, we, uh, at least a couple of the directors were like, Wait, what's this called again? Cinepunks? Oh, I get it. It's a movie about punks. And you guys wanted to talk to me. That's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, you did. All right, cool. Uh, anyway, thank you for being on the show, Obi. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. And um, yeah, thanks to all the listeners from uh, last week's Creed episode, or last two weeks ago Creed episode. That's true. Um, I still haven't seen it. But Liam, oh, I was really you're... hoping I, dude, that I've you been, had seen it. I've been so, so we busy, could discuss and I, it. I went Krampus when I should have gone Creed. Well, to be fair, I uh, we can actually. Uh, I was supposed to go see Krampus last night, ah. and I didn't go see Krampus, and I should have. Was it good? Do you like? Did well, you like Krampus? Should we get to our whacking on track portion? I, I feel like I, I feel like that'll be in there. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just do it. All right. How about we start with Ob? Would you like to OB. start with your whacking on track list? Whack and on track. As a listener, OB knows what's going on. You know the deal. Yeah, so. pretty much. Like, uh, I've seen this movie Spy on a red box. Ah, with uh, Melissa McCarthy? Yeah, this movie's funny, and like Jason Statham, he should get like Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. So <laughs> I appreciate it. He actually is so good in that movie. That movie it's is so, so funny because like the parts of him are just hilarious. Every time he opens his mouth, I'm like laughing. <laughs> You're a big Redbox supporter. You, you like like the Redbox uh, business model. Yeah, I guess it's it's, it's it, yeah. I'm a user of it. I was gonna say, do you prefer physical to streaming? Like, would you rather have a Blu-ray or a? C- I prefer DVD? paying a dollar fifty. Yes. Than, than the other thing. So that's my preference point. If there, right. and, and you can get a Blu-ray and it looks better. Like yeah, than, no streaming. Yeah, I, I agree. This is the thing. All these people I know who do streaming are like, why should I care about Blu-ray? And I'm like, because it looks fucking great. Like, well, it's not... Liam and I were at uh, the International House last week, and we were talking about um, Blu-ray, because uh, our friends at Garage House Pictures had just put out a Garage Blu-ray House of Pictures. Ninja Busters. Have you heard of this movie? I heard you speak of it. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the Ninja Busters. I actually have not seen the Ninja Busters yet, either. But no, Like, no one has seen it. You know, like, well, that's kind of the, the point. They, they, they had it for sale there, and it was on Blu-ray, but I don't have a Blu-ray player. So I was talking to Liam, like, why should I get a Blu-ray player? Because physical media is a thing of the past at this point. And Liam was like, well, no, here's the thing. We're nerds. Nerds collect things. And well, I, I really think that it's odd that you never had a Blu-ray player. And, like, that I you wouldn't that. get one now. 
but like I know it's a weird thing that I've never owned one. I know this, but uh, I just I, we went we went Xbox instead of PlayStation. I guess I don't know what I did. I did it wrong. I know that. Will but... that play Blue Way? No. No, it will not. Aye. So you have... that that was really the selling point of PlayStation Three over Xbox. Yeah, it seemed is. it seemed to me. I'm not a video game guy. Neither. But it I. seemed like it's a lot of people thing. who were medium video game people were like, "Well, I'll go PS3 because it's also a Blu-ray player." That's a good move. Now I'm just gonna have to get a standalone Blu-ray player. But anyway, I'm sorry, Obi. Go on with your whacking on track. Uh, I got that Nightbirds new record. That's good. Which one is is that? I haven't heard it yet. Mutant, Mutiny at some beach. Yeah, suburbia one I have, but the new one I haven't heard. I haven't heard the new one. I like that suburbia one though. I the, think like if you like that, you probably like this. It doesn't seem like to be like they've changed the sound or nothing like that. No. How would you describe that band for people who haven't heard them? It's like Agent Orange, but like they live now. <laughs> that's no, that's one hundred percent. I think an accurate description. That's awesome. And I seen this movie Phoenix. I seen it a while ago. I don't, I don't know, know that movie. Yeah, these. no, I saw that's on my that's on my try to see before the end of the year. What is it? It's a movie about um, Germany after the war. This woman was a Holocaust survivor, mm-hmm. and but she had reconstructive surgery. Oh. A, and uh, she returns to try to meet her husband, who <coughs> maybe sold her out to, to the, the Nazis. Nazis. But I think it's an allegory for Germany itself, <coughs> where where this woman is. They pretend that they don't know who she is because she had this reconstructive surgery, but really. I think they know who she is, and it's like an allegory that Germany will not realize they're in denial about the Holocaust. That they can change their face, but et cetera, et cetera. Right. So it's a good movie. You liked it? What kind of movies would you say you like, Obi? We actually only talk My about My favorite music. type of movies is like high schoolers <laughs> who are trying to, usually attempting to get laid, and there's a lot of w- wacky hijinks. That's my favorite genre. Do you do you prefer those from the 80s? Like, would you say you're a fan of, like, the Joysticks movie and things like that? Or Yeah, I would say, like, I celebrate the whole catalog, like, up to, like, American Pie direct-to-video. Uh, Whoa, so, so you, you capped it at, like, American Pie 4 or whatever? <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say I like that. Right. For whatever reason, so I actually do love those kind of movies. And, me too. I'm and, not going to, I mean, like to think that that's OB's favorite, though, is what makes me laugh. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, I, I can't get down with American Pie. I've no, never been able to get down with American Pie. The whole thing. Not no. even the first one. 100%. That's where the hatred started. Is wow. I saw the first one, was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, literally, if you were like, hey, do you want to drive to Yonkers? To, to see, see a 35, 35 millimeter of French. joysticks, which, by the way, happened and I didn't go. But oh, if, if you're driving instead of me, which would be funny <laughs> since you don't have a license, right? Let's then, bring that up. Then I would go because <laughs> that sounds awesome. I love, I love uh, that teenager hijinks movie up into a point, and I think yeah. the point is American Pie. I'm like right. done. That's like my. Well, what, what about American Pie makes it a Turner cor- uh, corn tr- corner Turner? I can't tell you. you. All I know is when I saw it because I saw it when it came out in the theaters. I did not like it, and maybe I just didn't. you weren't amused at all. You didn't laugh. At no, me. I didn't wow. like the people. I didn't like the jokes. I didn't like anything about. It. I literally left the movie theater like fuck those, fuck that. <laughs> you 
like, what is this, a horror movie? I don't terrible. even know. I literally could not. I haven't gone back to revisit it to like think about it intellectually. I At just all? know that was one of my early. I only have a few in theater moments where I was like, fuck this movie. And that was yeah. that's one of maybe 10 in my whole life. The only in theater moment that I had a, a moment like that was for Benny and June. I think I might have talked about this in the past. Oh yeah, you hate Benny and June. I saw it at the dollar fifty movie theater at the Echelon Mall, and you walked out of the dollar fifty. Out of that motherfucker like like it was on fire. That's so funny. I know. I was like, "Fuck this, Benny and her June." Later, right, let's get back to Obi. Yes, we keep, that, I'm we keep all done. Oh, I gotta do whack. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to. You could be posy if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I gotta whack. It's this. Uh, Coca-Cola freestyle machine that has taken over, like Wawa. So, like, the multi Everywhere, choice. not even just Wawa, yeah, but it's everywhere. Yeah, it's the Marlton 8, too. You, why are you... Hold on. Why are you opposed to the multi-Coca-Cola dispenser? Because it always runs out of the soda, and it's grayed out. Like, ah. for instance, I don't care if there's 147 flavors, because I only want Coca-Cola. Like, I'm 46 years old. I know what I want. Like, I don't need to mix it up, right? <laughs> and the shit, last two times I've been there, I was at I was at the Wawa's, and it's grayed out. And I can't get the Coca-Cola. Shit. All I want to do is get, like, a like, fee-free Mac machine, and then sometimes I don't want to get, like, a fountain soda, and then we'll grab it. <laughs> so, wait, so wait, wait, like, wait, 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 people, wait. People, listeners from far away probably don't understand what you're talking about, because <laughs> in other parts of the country, well, okay, if you live near Sheets, then you're laughing at us right now, but uh, if you live in another part of the country, 7-Eleven doesn't play the role in your life. That Wawa play. It's not because I hear people make that phenomenon. People make that comparison, like, oh, it's like 7 Eleven. I'm like, motherfucker, it's not like 7 Eleven. Yeah, no, it's like Rocky. (laughs) Wawa is the Rocky of convenience stores. (laughs) Only people in Philadelphia care about it. It's the underdog winner. You know what I mean? Lots of people care about Rocky who are not from Philadelphia. But so in your life, when Wawa switches to the Coca Cola freestyle machine, that's not just like a mild inconvenience. It's like you would go to, to Wawa to get that giant fucking Coke. Like, that yeah. has changed part of your life. Well, yeah, because then sometimes it's out and I get pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I think that's real. So wait, you won't just go bottle in that scenario? You I, won't just That's what I did. Uh, like, I just got a can. But, like, I prefer from a fountain. Even uh. though the freestyle machine has contamination, though, and then sometimes you'll get, like, whatever the yeah, person was drinking you the there. Spigot. Yeah. So, oh, man. So you, you're a supporter of the freestyle machine. Well, I mean, uh, am I? I'm not. And God forbid you would like Pepsi. Like now, you can't <laughs> even get no Pepsi. That is true. I'm a Pepsi man over Coca Cola. Are That's you fucking joking right I'm, now, dude? I am down with with the Pepsi cause. I don't know. I like Pepsi soda. <laughs> I don't really drink that much soda anymore. I don't. But... Tr- I don't drink that much soda either. But Pepsi is like. It, don't get me wrong. If I'm gonna drink a soda, I don't care that much. Uh-huh. But preferring Pepsi just seems weird. It's like obviously preferring the less good thing. Look, man, in my world, the Russians won. Yatsimya. <laughs> Yatsimya. <laughs> so you're looking for a Cold War version of the man, man in the Rock and roll of Cola Wars, as my man Billy Joel said. You're crazy. As 20th century poet Billy Joel you're, said. You're crazy. It's a rock and roll of Cola War. So has this has this soured you on Wawa or do you still is it well, still Well really like the only thing I go into Wawa like unless it's like three o'clock in the morning or something like that and it's the only thing I'm, I really only go there to use the Mac machine. Right. Like yeah. um, so and then I the, the fact that you still call it a Mac machine, I say the words <laughs> Mac machine to people and so this is one of the, there are certain Philly things that have like carried on. So like right. John. If John. I say John, most people are like, Okay, I get that. But like 
I noticed maybe 10 years ago, I was still saying Mac machine, and people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, Mac machine, that's what you call it. Like, you mean an ATM? And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck an ATM is, all right? It's a Mac machine, that's what you call it. And like, I stopped saying Mac machine. My mom was still saying Mac machine. I was, I just, that's what I was said was Mac machine, but so many fucking transplant motherfuckers made fun of me that I stopped saying it and hearing you say Mac Machine I'm like that's right motherfucker Mac Machine I think that was a branded name and like ATM is like the general the general name I'm not saying they're wrong I'm saying it's just a Philly thing to say Mac I haven't heard people say Mac Machine anywhere but in the Philadelphia Philadelphia area area? it's a real area larger area right right the greater Philadelphia I could be wrong people listen to this podcast in what Austin Couple people in Austin, some people in Someone the in Kansas Boston? City area. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yo, if you're out there and you you hear Mac Machine around you, let us know. <laughs> Tweet it. Tweet it at us. <laughs> all right. Is are there any other whack things that you? No, got that, for me? that's that's all for right now. I think that's serious. I actually do. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't. Does it s- impact the movie going experience? Because at the Marlton Eight, they've switched over to that machine too. Yeah, I mean, so part of me likes those machines only to the extent that. Uh, I like that we get our own shit. Uh-huh. There's still movie theaters where they do it all for you, and yeah. I'd rather have the machine to get my own stuff. Right. But none of those flavors are worth it. Like, what I would rather that machine be is more brands, like a wider variety of kinds of soda. So the not fact just that it's Coca Cola products. The fact that it's a few Coca Cola products, and then you can add weird sugary shit. Because, one, I'm a diabetic, uh-huh. so I only do diet. What right. they don't tell you is none of them syrups is diet. Yeah, they're all sugar. So you could get a diet, John, with a flavor. Put cherry in there, and then you've just upped your glucose. Yeah, you'd be in a coma, dude. Yeah, no, I, I have actually <laughs> fucked my shit up that way a few times before I figured it out. Because there's a little no. You'd be thinking like, oh, this movie's boring. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, I'm like fall I'm like fall asleep in the movie, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. No, it's it's bad. And so I can't really. So all it is is a bunch of bells and whistles I can't enjoy anyway. Right. Um, if they offer diet syrups, maybe then I would get stoked. But even then, I don't. I don't really care that much. Like, and what's in there? Like Mister. Like I'm not Mr. a big Pibs in there. I I'm know not a big yellow Coke. mellows in there. Yeah, no, gross, it's just gross, all and gross. Weird stuff that I'm like, yo. If they're gonna have a machine, give me some diet doctor. I will drink diet doctor. If that machine meant diet doctor pepper. I would be like, yes. I would praise the machine. I would fight in a war for the machine. <laughs> You'd be like, check out my new machine tattoo. Nah, yeah, Dr. Pepper. Both of y'all with the hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> hyperbole is the language you speak, OB. I don't know if you've listened to the show oh, or not. OB, you got to understand, my use of hyperbole is because I don't, I don't, not only do I not think opinions are valid, I barely think facts are valid. So I could be hyperbolic because it don't matter. Like nothing I think matters. So I'll just say it in this crazy way because it's, who cares what I think? Okay, let's do whack. Right. Let's, we're going to do whack because we don't want to go forever. So yeah, right, right, right. You, you go, you want me to go? You want to go? What I'll go. Um, on track, I saw Krampus with my baby Melani and uh, we had a good time. It you was liked fun. it? It was a horror movie for the, for the Christmas season. Um, it it does it. There's a couple of issues that I had with it as as usual because I'm always a complainer. But I mean, sure. like they they were they they couldn't up the comedy quotient and the horror quotient. They had it felt like disjointed in that regard. Like the funny things were like this is the funny part, this is the scary part. You couldn't like uh, have the two of them. Melt, it like, was never funny while it was scary. No, like an Evil Dead kind of you yeah, know like funny yeah. and scary at the same time. Like that kind of weird synergy wasn't there. But you have Adam Scott in there. You have uh, Brian Keckner. You have uh, Tony Collette. Like you have a bunch of interesting character actors and stuff in there. And um, 
I, overall, the, the Krampus story, I think, is really fun. I mean, you know, sure, takes sure. people away in a bag. You know, that's pretty good. Chains and stuff. Um, I thought it was fun. It was like, um, it's one of those movies that uh, I don't know if it'll be remembered as one of those like, oh, man, Christmas horror, Krampus. It's a great movie. Or like the way I think about like um, Christmas Evil. Or I think about, um, what's the other one? Um Silent, Silent Night, like Deadly that. Night. Yeah, like it's not the way I think about those things because I adore those movies. And those Gremlins. Movies, Gremlins. Actually, my two favorite Christmas movies of all time. Gremlins, Die Hard. Those are the two. But um, and Krampus. Love Actually, probably. Love Actually? I've never seen it. Is it a good movie? No. Okay. I can't imagine. I've never seen it. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be for real. It's not bad. It's not the worst movie you've ever seen? It's one of those movies that I watched purely because some love interest demanded it of me and I thought if I'm isn't the terminology you want to use lover (laughs) I mean probably honestly 100% someone I was hoping to enjoy uh, demanded I watch it and so I did and it was not as bad as I really thought it was going to be like the worst movie ever and it's not and it was not it was not the worst movie ever it's not like don't get me wrong people treat it like it's a classic and I'm like it's a barely tolerable romantic comedy with a few parts that are fucking hilarious. You like rom-com, though. No, I hate rom-com. Oh, you hate rom-com. I would say rom-com is the one one of the only genres that I consistently dislike. Right. So like, so it's like the pop-punk ska movies for you. Yeah, 100%. Good, good analogy. That was Thank a great you. I analogy. That. I did that. Off the dome. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yo, can I speak on Krampus? Yes. Please do. Did you this see might, it? No. I'm not going to see it because this is my problem. It's like they should have Halloween and they should have Christmas. Like right. don't Halloweenize everything. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot disagree more, but I want to hear more about that. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So I, you don't like non-Halloween scary movies? Uh, scary I'm, not, movies I'm that... not a big fan of horror movies, right? Right. All right. But, 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 but like I feel like. So like There's Nightmare t- Before Christmas, you're not into that. That's not a thing. That's like a weird thing because I feel it's more like a Halloween movie. Okay, okay. It takes place during Christmas though. I, I, I see your point about I've often thought that Nightmare Before Christmas feels more like a Halloween movie than a Christmas movie. Really? But, that, but here's my thing with the Krampus thing. Krampus has been a tradition in some places longer than anything we do for Christmas. Right. So why not just accept it as a different version of Christmas? Because we're not stuff? in those places. <laughs> it's Philadelphia, motherfucker. I like. Wah-wah's I like Mac machines, baby. I, I like. I like uh, OBs like closed borders when it comes to Christmas traditions. Yo, we only do Christmas like America. You got that? So uh, yeah, back to my whack it on track before. <laughs> So you liked Krampus, though. I liked it. It's I not great, it. but it's you liked it. It's not great, but it was fun. It was a fun movie. Sure, um, sure Another sure. thing that we did is we went and saw... So Dave Adoff is one of my best buds. Been friends yeah. with him since seventh grade. Yeah. His mom had written a children's book for his niece, our, our friend Brian Adoff's daughter, Iva. And the book is called Grammy's Hugs. So this past Friday in Haddonfield, I didn't go to see Agnostic Front. I didn't go to see Weston. I didn't go to see um, Pure Disgust. I went and saw Mrs. Adolph read from her book, Grammy's Hugs, at a store in Haddonfield. Your Friday sounds as weird as mine was. I'm just saying that shit was awesome. And uh, I'm really proud of her. She's, She's a wonderful woman. They're a wonderful family. And um, they're like one of those families that have had such a big impact on my life just as a growing up to be the person that I am. So being able to go and see her read was amazing. Like it was just good to see a bunch of children. She read to like a bunch of kids and stuff and it was pretty cool. So, so that made me happy. That was totally on track. 
Um, whack is that, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive. I'm having a good time. I, I, I can't think of anything too negative that I've seen or done lately. So <laughs> That's actually pretty good. You, yeah, usually, you usually, usually have more whack than I do. Yeah, I know. But today, I'm not feeling it. I'm feeling pretty on track. Just ignore that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Whack, Go ahead, Liam. Whacking on track. Well, so okay. So first and foremost, I got to start with Creed. Yeah, that you're in. Uh, Did you know Liam's in Creed? Yes, so, I've heard that. I can't wait to see your scene. <laughs> start so, of Creed. So we keep Liam making Madonna. this joke about me being in Creed, and I always tell people like, "Don't worry about it. Don't look for me. You're not going to see me. I'm in this scene. There's you no... know you look for yourself when you watch. Oh yeah, movie. no. So I'm getting there. So 100. percent I thought. You're never going to see me in this movie. So uh, for those of you who've seen Creed, the, there's a one big fight where he's fighting the guy who's in the gym that he was training in. It's like a, he's fighting another Philly guy, basically. Right. And it's his first like legit pro fight. So he goes to fight this dude, and that's the scene that I'm in. And uh, a lot of people have commented on this scene. I guess people assume whenever they see a long take that it was done digitally. Uh-huh. And then a few people have been like, no, I heard that it wasn't done digitally. That you could actually just, crowd in there. let me just put out there, you could ask the people who were fucking there, who watched <laughs> like it. Like Liam O'Donnell. Like me, who you know. <laughs> and I would tell you, yeah, it was one take. They shot it 12. This is the thing about being in the crowd. I had to watch them do this scene 12 times. Holy shit. To be fair, it was pretty good all 12 times. Like, it's fun. <laughs> but there's a guy in the ring with a body cam. It's crazy. It's a huge thing, rack he fucking wears. And he yeah. just, they had to choreograph it. He's going around there. It's one fucking shot. And because oh, it's like such a close shot, yeah. and I was in the balcony. I'm in the balcony. I'm like, there's no way anyone sees me. They probably hear me yelling. They might see whatever. Now, you can't see my face. But there's one part where they do an upward shot, and yeah. I don't remember if it's Michael B. Jordan or the other boxer. I think it's Michael B. Jordan. But the point is is that I wasn't paying attention to them because I was like, oh, they're shooting up. I'll look and see. And then, of course, there's a round-ass dude in a button-up blue shirt. Whoa. Motherfucker, that's me. And I'm like, Damn. so much so that before I even said, holy shit, that's me, Suze goes, is that you? I'm like, <laughs> my wife said it. I didn't even say it. It's me. Oh, my God. It was so sick. So now, what's, awesome. Now, it's you have to be familiar enough with my body shape <laughs> to, know your, your not, clothing choice. to know not seeing my face that it's me but people who've seen me dress it's like such yeah, just look for the Fred Perry Laurel Lease you'll be cool man it's cool <laughs> no but like it, it really is me so I got really stoked but of course it's like two seconds so I shouldn't care but just the fact that like uh, but what was interesting for me was how good that movie I mean because we talked to, we talked about it. Rocky is yeah. something that we like overall. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like the we're, whole, yeah. we're fans of Are the Rocky. Are you a Rocky fan, Obi? Is that a thing yes. that you're into or what? I would say Creed for me is almost as good as the original Rocky. Wow. And that's I, I think there's a few reasons for that. One, Stallone is great. Like he just nails that I mean, that I guess star it's, descent kind of. Yeah, like he's getting older. Hero. He's kind of charming, but he's also kind of stubborn. Yeah, uh, I really liked Michael B. Jordan in it. I like that. Here's the thing about the original Rocky: it's a very Philadelphia movie. Uh huh. It feels like Philly when you're watching it in right. a lot of ways. It's also an incredibly white movie, mm-hmm. which is very strange since at the time the ratio was literally fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia's population was 50% African American <laughs> and the movie's very white and right, it's very right, strange right. what's interesting about Creed feels just as Philadelphia but it feels very North Philly there's all the yeah. dudes on the bikes even where they go to train mm-hmm. now of course if you know Philly 
this movie does what the original Rocky does, which it wants you to believe that, that certain North neighborhoods, Philly, South Philly, and all this, uh, certain parts. That I mean, up is down. They specifically go to North, like Rocky specifically, like, oh, we're going to this gym in North Philly. Like they make that point, mm-hmm. and then when they get to the gym, he's like, we're in Frankfurt, and it, it, literally just looking at him, like. Oh, that's not Frankfurt. But like, <laughs> if you're not from Philadelphia, you're not going to look and go, "That's not Frankfurt." You're just going to yeah, accept, yeah, yeah. like, "Oh, they I get it." They filmed it in Port Richmond, right? The gym next. Yeah, to they, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. They filmed it in Port Port Richmond, which is its own thing, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the the point being is that they still are trying to get something across, which is like, honestly, Michael B. Jordan is not the Rocky character. Like, you go into it thinking, like, "Oh, it's good. He's going to be like the Rocky," but he's not. His dad. I mean, granted, he starts off rough. Right. You know, he starts off in juvie, like as a as a very young criminal, as like this. Right. But Creed's wife takes care of him. So he's actually growing up really privileged. And the story's more Philadelphia is actually more of a character and less of a setting in that in a variety of ways, Philadelphia presents itself to him as this like privileged kid. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to be a part of this, you have to be real. You can't pretend that you're something you're not, because mm-hmm. that is not something that's going to work in Philadelphia. It's not going to work that way, and you're going to have to get to know the city as it is. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, in that way, it was really appealing to me. Um, and I wouldn't say, I think people have somewhat a little bit overblown how Philadelphia, quote-unquote, the movie is, but it doesn't matter. It was enough that that part was interesting. It added to the story. It wasn't a distraction. Mm-hmm. It made the movie more interesting. And then, of course, I just like boxing movies, man. It's so much fun. <laughs> I don't know why they can make boxing so fun in a movie, and, and then actual so boxing boring. is so boring. Well, he, again, I haven't seen Creed yet. Sure. But everybody I know and everywhere and every aspect of my life has seen it. Yeah. And uh, here's a couple things that have been constantly repeated. Number one, there's a scene where they use the word John that is very jarring. <laughs> I didn't think it was jarring. I think everybody I, think... I spoke to that scene is like, yo, since she says John, I felt like it was like fingernails on a chalkboard. <laughs> oh, it didn't bother me at all. And the other thing that I, I cost... was kind of prepared for it though, because all these people I know not from Philly started using John in their tweets oh, and tagging man. me in them because they literally had never heard anyone say it other than me on this podcast or in my just like writing. So they were like, Hey, I, uh, I know what that word is now, which I didn't know. John. And I thought you were crazy. <laughs> I thought you're having a brain problem. Yeah. The other thing that I think about when I think about Creed is is there a point at all in the movie where Felicia Rashad explains to Michael B. Jordan how her dad how his dad died? Is there at all a scene where she's like, Well, your dad was fighting a Russian and James Brown was there and then he died because Rocky didn't throw him in the towel. He pretty much knows. Like by the oh, time man. Do she, they show it. They now? don't show no no no. What they show more is him saying there's a couple times where he gets really mad at Rocky and he's like, you let my dad die. Oh, and it's snap. like, oh, fuck. Dang. Yeah, it's rough. It's a rough, it's a rough. But and no mention of James Brown at all. James Brown doesn't come up, actually, which is a <laughs> That would be a thing that I would be like, yo, I really like my dad died, James Brown was there, motherfucker. No, that I, shit was I, crazy. But I really like the way that Creed actually takes every Rocky movie as part of the story, mm. but it doesn't respond to how ridiculous those movies are it's just like yeah this thing happened it just like, like keeps going like it doesn't say like i thought apollo like Rock, rocky's never like rocky's never like yeah and then uh you know after that i ended the cold war by fighting that russian guy and then everybody was like america it was crazy like that doesn't come up but i i don't know i thought it was good i mean is it going to be my top movie of the year probably not but did i have a stronger emotional reaction to it than i expected yeah it was a very moving film it really right, got wow. to me and I thought it was really, really well done. I was really, sur- I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because a lot of people I respect told me it was great. Mm-hmm. But 
I am always a little bit skeptical of something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's well, especially the, when it's like such a big hype machine kind of movie. And it's the seventh movie in the series. Like, yeah. how is it? I mean, I guess this is how they're going to do this now is like, rather than trying to make a faithful sequel, doing a movie that like kind of connects, like but just completely related. moves on, you know? Yeah. The only real connection other than just that character of Rocky is this weird thing where this is the third movie in a row that's basically about Rocky replacing his shitty son. Wow. Rocky Five, Rocky Balboa, and now Creed all relate to the fact that Rocky's son sucks. <laughs> Man. I, that's go. not fair. He doesn't suck, but they just don't have a good relationship. As right, well, right, right. Uh, okay, so that was on track for me. Um, Whack. Well, I will say another thing that's on track, and this relates to your Krampus. I was supposed to go see Krampus. I was supposed to go see Krampus with our man, Justin Lore. Yeah. So what's on track, and we haven't officially announced this yet, but it's almost ready to go. So I'll just say it on here, and people will know it on here. Uh, Justin Lore has a podcast called Horror Business, mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool. And uh, But he it's has it featuring star of Creed. Well, no, will, you, will you stop? That's not the thing yet. Oh, okay. He has his own podcast. However... Uh, we have invited him to move his podcast onto the Cinepunks network. Right. The affiliated network of Cinepunk shows. <laughs> and he's invited me to be co-host of that. And, and now, how many people, are, how many uh, in the emp- your media empire, how many uh, <laughs> two. things you got? It's, gro- it's growing. It's, <laughs> gro- it's a fast-growing media empire. Yeah, 100% growth. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's fast-growing. Uh, no, I mean, we just, we, we wanted just to be more involved. He wanted... Uh, so, uh, sort of a larger platform and also better recording like he much like us experiment with usb mics it's fine right. but we're going to do it together and we actually even redid the format so we're going to be doing a double feature once a month and discussing it and nice this month since it's december we thought let's do christmas movies let's go see krampus and then watch something else we've been deciding an old yet. one and we just didn't make it happen last night but i right. thought well we're here i might as well let people know because this will go up, and then probably the week after this goes up, hopefully... Our, the horror business one will go up. Yeah, and we did an episode where we talked about Don't Look Now. Oh, and, great movie. And Opera. Oh, Argento. Yeah, we were kind of disappointed by Opera, but you'll know more about that when you listen to the episode. When you listen to the show. So that's the on track. Whack, I have two things for Whack, all right? All right. One, uh, I got sent... A, who sent it? I think it was Scream Factory sent me... Uh, women's Prison Massacre. Okay. Now, women's prison movies. Big Bird Cage, Caged yeah. Heat. I fucking love these movies. I yeah. love What's women in prison with movies. Wendy o. Williams? That was... Uh, oh. That's the only one I'm familiar with. Uh, yeah, what is that called? Shit. I don't remember. It just went out of my brain. <laughs> I don't think it's... It's... it's uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Point is... <laughs> Point, <laughs> point is, is that I usually love women's prison movies. And this one you are not a fan of. Here's the things I didn't know going into Women's Prison Massacre. One, it is actually the last of the 13 Emmanuel movies. Oh, God. Officially Emmanuel movies, because apparently every, almost every movie that woman did who was Emmanuel, even if they weren't Emmanuel movies, somewhere, somewhere they retitled it Emmanuel. Even if it had no connection at all, just because that actress was in the movie, they'd be like, Emmanuel in the desert, you know? <laughs> but there were still like, I think about 13 official Emmanuel movies. This is actually one of the other titles for this movie is Emmanuel Escapes from Hell. So this is Whoa. like like Ernest goes to camp, but it's like Emmanuel, yeah, 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 yeah. like for Skidamax. <laughs> yeah, and 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 to be fair, uh, 
spoiler alert, Emmanuel certainly does not escape from hell. Like, worst title ever. And it, uh, even women's... So here's the other thing about it. The movie is written by the director of Troll 2. Oh. Now that is a, a hell of a... <laughs> yeah. And, and the actress who plays Emmanuel, she's kind of famous for that role. In her memoir, she wrote that he basically also directed the movie, that the other guy who supposedly directed the movie was never there. And so right. the director of Troll 2 who wrote it also mostly directed it. Wow. It's about that level of quality. Right. Um, it's somehow... So in reading about the movie, it's like known for its bad dialogue, extreme gore, and sexy scenarios, this movie has a cult following. Only one of those three things is true. And it's the bad dialogue? It's the bad dialogue. <laughs> the gore is like minimal to... I mean, there's a few gross parts, but for the most part, it's not impressive at all for anyone who's watched horror movies. I'm sure if you right. don't watch horror movies, you're you like, see, you're like oh, oh, there's some blood. Oh, it's so gross. But it's like nothing. And this is... I, uh, granted, I've only seen two other Emmanuel movies out of 13, so I don't right. have a huge... But just even based off of trailers, this has to be the least sexy Emmanuel movie, Emmanuel movie and certainly the least, most turn-off-y women's prison movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is just like a bummer film. Everything about the movie is a bummer, and nobody escapes from anything. It's just like a total brutal, and people are going to die. There's no heroes. Awful. Everyone sucks. You watch the whole thing? Oh yeah, oh, I man. I got it to review. Fuck, uh, and I got to write like a review that's actually respectful. But for those people who listen to this, let me just go ahead and tell you, avoid it. I mean, <laughs> at I, all I, costs. That's the thing. I guess that's not true. I watched it with my wife on Blu-ray. I think if you were in a theater full of people, yeah, and you were like fun. together laughing at it, it would Same be fun. Thing with Troll two. Yeah, I think it's not quite as ridiculous as Troll 2, but it, it, it would be fun to watch. Right. Watching it when literally I said to my wife, "Do you want to watch this or do you want to watch Magic Mike?" XXL. And she's like, well, I'd rather see Magic Mike, but I know you got to review that. So let's watch that instead. And the whole time I'm watching, I'm going, fuck, we should have watched Magic Mike, man. This is some bullshit. Like, I do it wrong. Like, I got to write about it. So I had to watch it. But right, right, some part right. of me was like, man, this would have been, been a better night if I watched Magic Mike. I'm just putting that out there. So that was whack. I don't know if you know this. I listen to a lot of NPR. Right. I'm the heard NPR of it. guy. It's a radio. And it just seems like every story. Is right now is about how the entire world's economy is bullshit and the climate sucks and no one's taking it seriously. So I'm just like today, I'm just bummed on the world. Whoa, that's a heavy yeah, whack. Don't dude. you hate NPR voices? Oh yeah, don't I remember. can't for nah. I, I, listen to any of them podcasts because they're like, <laughs> fuck that voices, man. I'm not. I'm not a big I'm fan. Going to Whole Foods. <laughs> I I will say that some of the some of the new shows Whole have Foods. a little bit happier like people are a little bit more excited but any of the shows that are discussion shows yeah they can they can get a tone that you're just kind of like oh god here we go but uh but yeah no it's just you know at the paris climate talks are going on and everyone's like we're gonna reduce emissions by like 10 percent, and i'm like motherfucker it's already too late we all gonna die like you know what i mean like 100 percent things are already fucked like i can't and then the economy is, the world economy is bad. Everything is just going shitty right now. And so, like, it's just, in, not that I'm not excited to get to do something I care about, but there's, like, some part of me that's like, man, if I was a superhero right now, 
I wouldn't even be stopping no fires. I would just be out there like party, threatening party. CEOs. Everywhere I go, I'd be like, motherfucker, change it. Or I'm going to bust your ass. I want to stop. My name's Liam. Just everything is just... Uh. Anyway, so those are the things. But I mean, to be fair, Creed was good. So oh, Okay, well there. And we're starting a new podcast. So there you go. That's well, good. We're, re- we're, we're uh, revisiting an older podcast. Yeah, we're starting a new version. It's rebooting. All right. I, you know, you got to give Lure credit because... Laura's been doing it by himself. Yeah, he's done. I think he's done three episodes. They're all good. It's just you know, this is. I think it's also partly motivation. It's hard doing a podcast, but I assume. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do this without you. I wouldn't want to do this without you either. And even like what we're doing, like this is the other part of that is Laura's going to help with some of the. We can't even do all the stuff. Yeah. We need help posting shit. We need help getting the word out. Mm. We want to think about budgeting to like get advertising so people actually know this thing exists. Like, right. There's shit to do. There's stuff to do, man, when you take this shit seriously. Yeah. 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 All right. Word. Very good. So cool. let's 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 take a break now and then we'll move on to the meat All right. of the episode. All right. All right. Maybe we'll put a musical break here. I don't know. That's a good idea. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Now to pause and refresh. For your convenience, we have an attractive refreshment stand in the lobby with buttered popcorn, golden good and hot from the popper, your favorite candies, wholesome and rich with a flavor treat for every taste, ice cream and other good things to eat, plus delicious Coca-Cola. So bright and bracing with the tang and tingle unt by any other beverage. Enjoy ice-cold Coca-Cola at our refreshment stand right now. All right. So anyway, so carrying on. The topic of today actually is this is the first time we've done an episode where the topic was uh, given to us by our guest. How does that make you feel, Obi? That's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think? Sometimes, yeah, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Tell us the topic, Obi. What's our topic of discussion for today? We're going to discuss the actual physical... uh, experience and all the other related things of going to the movies or watching cinema as you might say <laughs> and shows we're talking about venues today oh, we're talking yeah, about yeah. the venues wherein we've seen things that's right so uh what is your how about what why don't we do it this way where is the first movie theater or first movie experience that you could think of that resonated with you like what was the first time that you saw a movie and where were you and what do you remember about it? Well, I probably don't remember the first time I seen a movie, but the the first the first one that you remember, like yeah. well, my parents split when I was like five, four or five, and when we spend time with my father, we used to go to movies. That would be like an activity. Yeah, that would be a do. thing. So um, I'm uh, I'm 46. So like when Star Wars came out, I was like seven, wow. eight years old. You're right in the crosshairs. Yeah. Probably 10 would have been the perfect age, but yeah. like, you know, I was so stoked on Star Wars. And, you know, back in the day, it'd be like grandpa. They didn't have, <laughs> there weren't like VCRs or stuff. So like, if you wanted to see this movie, 
you got to go to movie theater and if you want to see it again, you, you went to the movie theater, right? Yeah, like, you just had to see it at the theater. Yeah, it might come on TV like five years later, yeah. right? And there wasn't, maybe HBO had just started, but like, like we didn't have no cable or no VCR. Mm. So I might have seen Star Wars 13 times Whoa. in the movie theater. In the theater? Yeah, like that that number sticks with me. Like Holy shit. Um. So 1977 or 78. Yeah, or it was probably like in a movie theater for a long time, and like like then like you know my friends from school if they were having like a birthday party, we're all going to see Star Wars oh, again, man. like you so know because we were all stoked. It's kind of great, actually. Yeah, so that that would be like my first. Was where, there ever a line? Were you ever like waiting with people to see it? Not, not even though there was like lines, but like not like. Around not the like when the other movies came out and you they would be around the block. Yeah. Like, no, like we kn- I knew about the movie, but like not like I w- I wasn't like Dad, take me to the movie. You gotta stand in line, camp out, but <laughs> shit like that. So, so what do you remember? Where was this? Was this in Cinnamon? Uh, or we went to probably. Like, we would go to the, the Sam Arik in Pesalkin at the mall. Oh, right, and, right, right. And the theaters at the Cherry Hill Mall, they used to have the theaters, and they had Sam Arik's over, like, it used to be Kitty City over on the, right. on the other part, and then there was two theaters in the mall itself. I in think. the Cherry Hill Mall. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, but that's where you're, where did, where, what's your, uh, if you were to pinpoint the one time that you remember, of the 13 that you've seen <laughs> Star Wars in the theater? What was like the one theater experience that you would you would say? No, nah, I I can't really remember the actual the actual no. theater. Like you know, because I was really small, but it was like you know, I thought it was the coolest thing. I still think Star Wars is pretty cool, but like yeah. when you're seven years old, this was like amazing, yeah. world moving. Yeah. What um so like what venues do you remember going to? Like what is like your favorite theater in South Jersey? Like if you were like, say you were gonna say I'm gonna see a movie any era of OB. Any time in my in, in in the timeline, and it was the one theater. What would it be? Well, I would say this: like, went to the theater, the the, the theaters at Cherry Hill Mall, not the ones in the mall, but the ones that were that were across the, the street. The first time I ever saw a movie by myself, oh, man. I went to see Flash Gordon there, me and my brother, and nice. then, like my mom and someone else went to the other theater and saw the movie. So, like, you know, that's pretty. You think you're like in a, you know. <laughs> Think you're an adult when you're walking in that bad boy. That's it. See for one, like you think, you think, you know. Um, But probably they had a theater in in Cinnamon and at the Cinnamon and Mini Mall, which was basically a dead mall that didn't have (laughs) Cinnamon and Mini Mall. It didn't have connected to the Wolco, and it didn't have. There was maybe like one shop open in there. Whoa! And but they had a movie theater, and the movie theater was a dollar theater. Right. So, like, when I got to, like, in high school, like, um, we would go there all the time, no matter what I was playing. Cause it yeah, Because, like, you want to be away from your, like, parents and stuff like that and to uh-huh. hang out. Like, so that, I think that's an experience for, for teenagers, like, to go there. We'll also go to Marlton 8. Marlton 8 was like the big hangout. Like, um, like people would just be like cruising the parking lot. Yeah, like, it's just looking believe... for friends and stuff. Yeah, they weird. had those gates. They're still there. That yeah. They would close off so like so you wouldn't like cruise. And then, of course, like... <laughs> the anti-cruise gates that they <laughs> <Yeah>. got there. <laughs> are they, those are literally anti-cruise gates. 
Uh, for sure, that's yeah, what that's, that people could that's drive through. That's freaking awesome. I think that's great. <laughs> wow, unbelievable. Do you have? Yeah, th- but that was like the new newest theater when that opened, and like right. you know, that was like that's like a more ritzier area of South Jersey, and uh-huh. so like people would go there and they like you know that is my home base. Did, that's did my you, home base theater. Did you ever make an effort to go into the city for movies? Was that ever a thing? No, no. no. Like as I got older, like. Maybe the Ritz comes comes onto your radar, like to go to art art sure, art sure. houses, but that was like not until I was like in college. Yeah. Did you ever have a memorable? Because when you were in college, the Ritz was still the Ritz. I mean, it's not right now. The Ritz is a name it's, for a landmark theater. Yeah, landmark theater. But is Ritz. people not from Philly don't realize, like, because we always complain about cinema in Philly with mm. good reason. Yeah. Um, but I think the Ritz back in the day was actually pretty cool. Like there was some, at least it was more independent than it is now. Yeah. Do you have any memorable, like, do you remember seeing anything specifically at the Ritz that stuck out to you? Yeah, like I've seen kids there. I guess that. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Great example. (laughs) Pretty amazing. (laughs) And I was like, I can't believe someone made these like a movie about these idiot kids that like I got to deal with all the time. Like when I'm going to shows or parties and who are raves. You I, know? I was I was I was gonna say like at that point you must have watched that and been pretty familiar with those. I do remember that at the time when that movie came out, adults like pulling their hair out, being like, like not knowing what it the was fuck like. That shit it was, was really like NC seventeen, like, and they were like they were like made a big deal, like we yeah. we don't want like kids coming to see this movie, kids. <laughs> and I I remember watching with people and and thinking, well, this is just like people I know. I don't know what's so amazing about this movie. <laughs> like this is just. I mean, going back on it, I do think it was in, in important. Like I will defend it now. But yeah. being within that age range, you watch. I don't know about y'all, but I watched it and thought it's kind of sad, but it's not that weird. It just felt like a movie, kind of about people I knew who sucked. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it was it epitomized New York City adolescence to me. But mm. like, if they made a movie these days about what kids are doing now, with like it would just be a all bunch the of kids sexting on and shit yeah. like that. Like, and I'd be like, I'd be like, this is what fucking kids are doing now. These fucking idiots. Like, just yeah. like that other movie. <laughs> just like the other movie. <laughs> the other idiots. movie called Kids. Oh man. Oh, uh, I, I can't mention kids without. Uh, advising people to go check out Kevin Hare's movies he hasn't seen. Oh uh, yeah, uh, he just New did. Column. He just did teen movies, second second edition teen movies, and uh, his review of kids is uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty stellar. Good. Pretty good, pretty yeah. stellar. Check it out. Okay, so so you remember you saw kids there? Uh, I yeah. feel like I had a follow up question. Now I don't have that. <laughs> And do you, I do remember it used to be cheaper on Wednesdays. I guess it still is cheaper on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, it's $5 Wednesdays. It's not $5 no more. It's, no? It's, it's not $5. It's, like, it's $7. Oh, snap. Inflation, y'all. But, you know, really, like, because I'm between jobs now, and I, I would say, I'm going to go to Ritz, like, and, and check out a film, like, every week, which I didn't end up doing. But, like, <laughs> you know who goes to see movies in the middle of the day? Old people. Old man. people and uh, movie reviewers. <laughs> and what's weird about seeing movies with old people is you assume that they will be a more respectful audience than young no, people. they're infinitely Incorrect. Yeah. Incorrect. Dude. Sometimes, but oftentimes, I won't say often, many times, they'll just fucking talk. God. 
damn it. They'll like have conversations between themselves, like because they can't hear the fucking movie. <laughs> they don't understand when you're shushing them. Yeah. And the worst is the <laughs> they o- don't understand when you're shushing them. They're, they're just like, like they're like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, just stop talking. <laughs> and the thing that really bums me out about it is old people. I feel so bad about this, but I'm just going to say old people who've adopted technology but don't understand it. So like most, I would say most of the older people I know are not big iPhone people. They might have them, but they don't. But when they are big iPhone people, they're like, well, kids look at their phone during movies, so I'm just going to look at my phone. And I'm like, motherfucker, put that phone away right now. You're distracting the shit out of me. You got it on as bright as possible. (laughs) You can't even turn the brightness down because you don't know how. (laughs) And you're just like, and it's like, they don't even do it. Like at least with some kids, they'll like pop it out, they'll look real quick and put it away. away, Old people take them like 20 minutes to read the text. So they're just like staring at their bright ass phone in the middle of the theater. And I'm like, nah, nah. Dude, do you remember nah. when we went and saw the screener for uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene? Yes. And the one old lady at the end was just like, I don't understand. <laughs> what happened? Three different people said they Holy didn't understand. Shit. And one of the people who said they didn't understand said it by saying, So you know when the movie ends, like right when it goes dark? <laughs> the director says, Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. And the guy says, What happens right after that? Oh, my God. And then the one nothing happens, like, man. It's over. Shut the fuck up. Like, this is the point. They're all like senior citizen people that were there, and they were just like, I think it would have been better if it ended with her having a like a nice boyfriend. Like it was just fucking weird, man. Just fuck, like, I forgot that. Yeah. Did you guys not just watch the movie with us? Like, how did you get to this age? I don't know. Just, did I? Did I have ever told the story on here about how I met Dan from Geekadelphia? I don't even think I've even said that story when we interviewed Dan. No. The way I met Dan was at the Philadelphia Film Fest. Uh, it, we and me and you had only just started hanging out a little bit, right? And I had a badge, obviously. Uh-huh. And I go into the theater, and I, as you know, at the Ritz, I, I'm sure you're familiar with Ritz East. That's yeah, that's, that's the, one that's the, the most theaters. stadium one. Yeah, and I like the that, worst seats. Of I, the I don't whole Ritz. It's fine, whatever. Ugh. The part I like about those stadium seats is sitting behind the bar. Because if in the middle, first of all, you're in a good spot. And if in the middle of the movie you want to get up, you, you just slide through, through the, the bar. Bars. Yeah. So you're not in the front rows. So people yeah, aren't like walking right handica- on you. Yeah. Handicap. Basically, you're behind where the handicapped folks would be. Right. Folks in wheelchairs would sit. So that's like my spot. Right. So I'm sitting there and Dan's a few seats down. I don't know him yet. Just a guy uh-huh. there. And this couple comes up. Uh, they may be in their early 40s. Okay. Clearly rich. She has a shoulder to foot fucking fur coat on wow very classic and they she just (laughs) she just (laughs) demand so they come up they have badges clearly they're also donors to philadelphia society Uh and she just comes up and lets me know that i'm in their seat oh hell no and i say um or is it he no he says that you're in our seats yeah that's our seats and i said oh you reserved these i'm sorry i didn't see anything on the seat they're like no but that's where we want to sit uh-huh and i said Oh well, I'm but I'm sitting here, and they're like, uh, "But we are VIPs," and they point to their badges. Right. What's funny is they have the silver badge. So Oof. then I point to my gold badge. Right. And I say I am also a VIP who, and who waited Star of Creed and Star of Creed. <laughs> Not yet, but I will be. Future <laughs> Star of Creed. Star of Creed. <laughs> and and I waited in line for twenty minutes. I got here early so I could get these seats. I specifically got in line. Right. So I get that you just got here and you would also like these seats, but I got here early so I could have these seats and I like this seat, so I don't wanna and he's clearly frustrated that I'm not moving. And his right. wife leans to him and says, Look, honey, if he's gonna be an asshole, just let it go. And I said, 
uh, excuse me, I don't think I'm being an asshole. I just, I'm sitting in a seat. If you want to sit next to me, there's two seats next to me. And he says, you don't understand. We're donors and we want this this seat. What? At which point Dan, who again, I don't know Dan yet. I haven't met him. He has introduced him. Dan says, excuse me, um, what are you doing? <laughs> are you demanding this person leave their seat? <laughs> and, and they're like, well, we want these seats. And Dan just looks at me and goes, don't leave your seat. And I said... I'm not. I'm not going to leave. I'm not. I'm not going to leave my seat. That's never going to happen. Right. As he said, if you want specific seats, you should probably get to the movie early. God. And 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 literally, they just like huff. They start to walk away. And his wife says to him, "Those people always act like that." Oh, and I'm like, "Who are man. those people? Is this was that racial? Was that <laughs> class? Was it just? Oh, no. I don't even know what. Which people am I right now? Good lord! Again, it'd be it'd be different if they had reserved this. You know, what I mean, there's all kinds of situations where I could see myself moving for these awful people. Right. But there, in this situation, this is the I'm one like, scenario wherein it's like, no, I paid for a pass. <laughs> I got here early. I sat in my seat. There's That's two, how that happened. and there's only two of them. There's more than two seats next to me. Just sit next to me. They were no, they weren't having. No. It. They were not having it, dude. Why are we such ageists? Yo, I That's what I want to know. <laughs> Josh, what do you? What was the? What was your movie theater growing up? Again, what was the Marlton Eight? Marlton Eight. My brother worked there. Jeff Pelly worked there. Um, uh, Eric Becker worked there. Like Richie Rojas worked there. All of our friends worked there. Wow, that was the place to go. And I mean, it's I wasn't even that big of a movie theater guy. I liked watching movies in our basement, but Marlton 8 was just the place that we went because everybody worked there. So it's like if you want to see everyone that you're friends with, how about you go to the Marlton 8 and watch a movie? So that was always the home base. And did do you like the redo? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, like, you know, I, I'm all for moving forward. Progress. It's a better theater experience now. It's a lot more fun. I mean, with I less people in there. Less people always will make me happier than more people, number one. And number two, the seats are fucking amazing now. Yeah, one have to suck cleaning all the popcorn out of the I would seats. imagine that cleaning that place is a nightmare. Just because now that they're all bouge, like nice seats, the people that do go there leave trash and cups all over the place. It's just like, how the, just because it's nicer doesn't mean that you now have the license to shit all over this place. We should describe it for for the millions of listeners for <laughs> Cinepucks what we're talking about. For for the Cinepucks people not in the Marlton South, <laughs> Philly, South Jersey Philadelphia area, the Marlton Eight used to be like you know a regular AMC theater. They've recently pulled out like a hundred seats per theater and replaced them with these love seats that are full reclining. This and is this is not a this is not a uh, local only thing. I mean, they've done no, this. Yeah. There's an AMC in New York that's is, done is this. Is there an industry term for this? I actually think there is, and I don't know what it is. I would. I, would I just call awesome. it. I just I call declare it, these seats awesome. Well, I call lazy it lazy boy theater. I, I literally say comfy. I'm like they got those comfy seats now, and people know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine who moved to New York. He lives in New York City now, and I was like, yeah, you know, I've been going to lots of this comfy seat theater. He's like, oh, we got a comfy seat theater now with the leather recliners at the AMC. I was like, yeah. He's like, I go there all the time, dude. And uh, and apparently, there's one just outside Philly uh-huh. that is a, not a very popular theater. That some people told me they go to, but Woodhaven. they wouldn't tell me. Is, is it Woodhaven? The, is this yeah. one at um, at Sixty Ninth Street where they bring you food and stuff? So that's so I haven't tavern. been. So that's not movie tavern. It's a totally different, it's a different entity. It's a different entity, but it's the same model. So let's we can move into this question a little bit of like I've seen Varsity Blues at Sixty Ninth Street. <laughs> is that right? It's <laughs> yeah, amazing. That's really funny. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think we could talk a little bit about like favorite theaters, like uh-huh. like. You know, and so 
I don't know if this is true, but it feels to me like Alamo maybe pioneered that food in the theater thing. Right. But to be fair, a lot of places have that now. So AMC actually has a food in the theater one in Westchester. Really? Yeah, I drove past it when I got my car from Jordan Clarius. Nice. What's I was up, like, Jordan? Yeah, I saw they have a dine-in theater. Then this, the one, the 69th Street one is now becoming dine-in. Then there's Movie Tavern. Now, right. the difference, I think, with a lot... The thing that it's worth pointing out, because sometimes people say, oh, Movie Tavern, it's just like Alamo. Uh-huh. Alamo also is a movie... Exp- I mean, part of what you're getting at Alamo is super strict on texting and talking. Yeah, they now, throw you out without apology. That's the theory. I haven't. Obviously, there's Alamos now all over the country. Yeah, I can't. I've not seen somebody get excised in the three Alamo movie experiences I've had. Oh, really? I, I have, have not seen it. I've seen. Is it. it unceremonious? Is it like awful? It was. The person didn't put up a fight, so it wasn't dramatic. Right. Uh, but it helped that the audience at the. Uh, honestly, it's mostly audience enforced like if you go to an alamo Mm -hmm. and they don't seem as tough on it it's because the audience isn't on board the reason it worked it was in austin and the reason it worked is because the audience was more hostile than the employee it wasn't like the employees are trying to enforce a rule and the people watching movie are like it's like quiet car on septa yeah exactly that quiet car you don't need you don't need the septa employees to enforce quiet car everyone in that quiet car is like like, uh, i'm gonna fucking kill you if you don't shut up yeah exactly yeah so i think that's what it was it's the audience is on board um but the point being is that it's that it's also alamo has an interest in cinema in a way that like each of the alamo theaters in theory has special events and things and some of them maybe it's even not just movies from what i hear the alamo in Arlington, I guess. There's uh-huh. one outside of DC. I think it's Arlington. Also do, is a comedy club. People oh, perform there. No way. Yeah, I was just listening to the Mark Marin podcast with Brian Posehn, uh-huh. and he was saying that's one of his favorite places to perform. Really? Alamo Drafthouse Theater. Yeah, he was saying that the reason is that the seats are comfortable. Yeah. You can get food and booze, but it's hard to it's not like a bar where you could just start getting totally... It's harder to get booze there. It takes longer. Yeah. So people are drinking enough to have fun, but, but no not. one is like toast. You have to get yeah. there really fucking early to get drunk <laughs> get at lost. the Alamo. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that. But even like the Alamo and Yonkers, it's not as many events as in Austin, but they do a lot of stuff there. And so yeah. I've been trying to get out there for stuff. So I think there's that element to it. But I think realizing... Other theaters have realized like... We can do food in a theater because mm. dinner in a movie is like an American tradition. So why not fucking yeah. combine them and you get dinner at the movie? Right. I mean, some people hate it, but I think it's great. I don't like eating crunchy things in quiet parts of movies. That's what I learned. Yeah. I watched Fantasia huh. at the Alamo Draft House in Austin. The one with the Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it was the 45th anniversary of it or something like that. Sure, sure. So uh, we were watching it and come uh, on, what that's older than that, ain't? Maybe it is. I don't know. It's old as shit. It was one of those like digital projecting of like this is a. uh, It was a landmark age. Maybe maybe sixty five years. I don't know. Ob, don't don't. You know the phones are. (laughs) You're always talking shit, Ob. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so we watched it right, and we were like, oh man, Alamo Draft House. We could order food, and my go to food. I don't know if you know for when I'm in these scenarios, is chicken fingers. Why? It's not going to have sauce on it, so you're not going to get it all over your hands. You know, you can't, you're not going to spill it on your shirt, you know, unless you go crazy dipping in the... In the Literally what you just said doesn't make any sense to me. You So you're saying you don't eat the chicken fingers with barbecue sauce? I do, but they're not going to be doused in barbecue sauce like if it was a wing. Oh, hell no. I it's can't, a much cleaner scenario with a chicken that's, finger. It's literally insane. To but, me, the the chicken finger is just a fucking scoop <laughs> for to get barbecue as much sauce? barbecue sauce. In it, but I can't eat a plain... <laughs> 
Italian ass chicken finger. I'm not saying that I don't use barbecue sauce. I'm saying that it's not going to be like when I put my hand away from it, there's going to be barbecue sauce on my hand. That's fucking crazy. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. We were eating. Melani got a pizza, and I got chicken fingers, and we're watching Fantasia. And every single time, like all the music would stop. All you would hear is me being like, crunch, crunch, crunch. These are good chicken fingers. Crunch, crunch, crunch. And that's the worst thing about eating in the movie theater. That when it's quiet, like, could you imagine watching like something like, um, uh, I don't know, The Artist? <laughs> it's like a quiet movie, yeah. and all they can hear is this bunch With of someone munching. like a bag of chips. Oh, man, or the but opening. That's, but that's what I'm saying, though. I'm already dealing with crunch. I mean, people are already eating popcorn. There's already eating going on in the theater. Yeah. So we could either have a completely eaten free theater where no one's allowed to eat nothing, or, or... I could have a bomb ass burger. <laughs> so I'm gonna have my bomb ass burger, and I'm not gonna give a fuck. You know, I, is it hard to eat like these like more involved food in the dark? That's what I like. Imagine. Popcorn is not that hard to eat. You put it in a bag. You put it in your mouth. Some of it gets well, no, but, but he, like a burger, you got like here's all the, the thing. Here's the thing. At the Alamo. Plate. Onions at the Alamo, you got the table, so it's on the yeah. table. It's not in your lap. It's but on it the ain't, table. Ain't it it's dark? dark. I don't. This is that is, this is difficult. To no, me. no, I'm no, no, say no. That this is something. This is, is something difficult. I don't understand. That I, I, people say this to me all the time. What fucking movie theater is dark? The movie. You literally have a giant fucking light that's almost as bright as the light so in my goddamn tell room. Me that when you're eating dinner at a restaurant and you're eating dinner in a movie, it's the same amount of lighting. No, it's not the exact not same, the same amount, amount of lighting, but it's not so dark you can't see they nothing. They had spaghetti on the menu. How are you going to fucking eat spaghetti? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. During a movie, let's, what do you got a fork? Let's clarify. Well, first of all, yes. Second of all, that's fucking crazy pants. That's let's, insane. Let's, let's clarify. I would not get the spaghetti because of the slurp factor, but I've eaten giant salads during a movie and had no problem whatsoever. You had no problem with a fork and a salad. You're just going to town. Yeah, it was easy. I can't do it. That's insane to me. It has to be a finger food. Do they give you real, all that real all, silverware, or do they give you plastic? It's real. Of work. <laughs> the all, all you're all, clink all you clinks? are all you are revealing to me right now is that your movie style prior to your Alamo experience was weak. No, I'm not because that because, because like, you've never snuck food. You've never snuck right. a full Chinese food dinner into into I have a never, movie because I'm a law abiding citizen. Sir. Bullshit. I'm not Bullshit. trying to sit in there and Bullshit. fucking have somebody Bullshit. have like low main smells in their Bullshit. nostrils while we're trying to watch Die Hard because it's a Christmas nah, movie. Fuck those That's people. Not happen- no, I no, need no, my no. low main. They're going to smell it. Dude. I have literally eaten low main. I've eaten. <laughs> you are I've encroaching eaten, on eaten the movie experience food, of other I've eaten egg foo young with your food choices. That doesn't bother. I've eaten a full ass pizza. I've eaten Korean food. Guess what? You're going to be smelling all this stuff while watching your Sushi. tasty movie. That's okay with you. Yep. I can't deal with that. They're going to smell just, my delicious just food. Sneak, sneak a 40 in and you're about to, you're, you're like <laughs> sneak bring a 40 it, in the bring in the whole menu number 1 through 20. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I if as much food as I can get past the dude that at the front door, that's what I'm going to bring in. to me. I couldn't I could never. I could never. Yep. No, I've done it. And wow. I love it. Really? That's okay to you. Yeah. I, I literally see no reason for it not to be okay. I mean, obviously, you have to be a smart person and say, okay, this particular food is going to be difficult. So, again, I think uh, certain kinds of pasta aren't going to work. But when so it comes wait a minute. To- you mean to tell me you're, the, you're that dude that, like, the lights go down and you're busting out boxes of Chinese food? I mean, I don't do it every time I go to the movies. <laughs> well, no, but, but I've you have been that guy. Is my at point. least four times I've eaten Chinese what? food in the theater. Dude, you're blowing my mind right now. It's awesome. I can't. I cannot. I can't. I can't do it. It seems crazy pants to me. I don't care. Wow. So, in conclusion. Into the mic, Obi. Into the mic. In conclusion. We're not even near concluded. Uh, uh, 
Liam loves eating food in a movie and would like to have a whole seven course meal. <laughs> Josh, yeah. Josh is in the middle. Where does OB lie in this I'm, one? I'm more just like the traditional like popcorn, popcorn and soda, and, like candy and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean finger food. These are things. Finger you, food. These are these point. are the things you got to keep in mind about my view on food in the theater. Okay, right, go ahead. One, I can't eat no motherfucking popcorn. I got diabetes. Right. right. I will eat it when Josh buys it, and I've eaten a lot of his popcorn, and then I felt sick and wanted to die. <laughs> so, no, I don't. There's, in fact, there's no traditional movie food I should be eating. Period. Right. Second of all, uh, I'm like a multiple movie. Like, usually when the meal happens, it's because I'm killing at least two movies at the theater. Do I'm you gonna, see anything ethically wrong with like buying a ticket for one movie and then spending the whole Sunday there? Uh, I'm not a fan of that. No. Do you I do that, Obi? Are you are you no, one of the multiplex? No, I would say that's uh, being a thief, and I'm not a thief. Right. Right. I right. mean, here's 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 the thing about it. It there's something naughty about it that maybe like if if I was younger, I could see like oh I pulled one over on whatever. But at this point in my life, like I don't go to the movies if I can't afford to see a. F- and honestly, this is the other thing. It's so rare that a movie theater would have more than two movies I want to see anyway. Like yeah. most of the time when I go to the movies, it's like, oh, here's the one movie I want to see because all the movies out are shitty right now, whatever. Right. But I think finally about that is like, I don't know. I mean, it's hard when people are spending 30, 40, 80, 100, 200 million dollars on a movie. It's hard to defend the industry and say like they need our money. Right. But I certainly like if I'm going to like a smaller film. I want to give them my money. Like yeah. I love free shit. If you if you're willing to let me see your movie for free, I'm gonna see it for free. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a poor ass motherfucker. You're on board, yeah. But when I pay for something, I'm not like I can't believe I had to pay to see a movie. I'm <laughs> like, all right, well, this is a fair exchange. Like something went into this, and right now, if you look at the numbers, like uh, big movies are still making money, but small movies are losing more money than they've ever lost before. Yeah. So if I can go to a small movie and pay for it, I'd rather I'd actually rather do that in a, in a lot of ways to show a little bit of support for right, that right, right. smaller industry. You know what I mean? If I have the opportunity, if I can figure out seeing two movies and I have the money for it, like mm-hmm. that sounds like a good time. Sounds like a plan. All yeah. right. And honestly, like I've eaten when it comes to eating at the Alamo, I've gone to plenty of movies at the Alamo where I haven't gotten any food because I just wasn't, that wasn't why I was there. Right. But like when I do like a fest, like, you know, when you're at Fantastic yeah, when you're Fest, I've done like hours, five movies. Yeah. I'm going to get some food. Like that's, Yeah, okay. I get it. I get you it. Know? I'm, just, I'm just saying that it, it, a little bit shocked me now. I'm back to my senses. I'm just no, saying. No, no, no. I mean, here's the thing. I, I get what you're I, To be fair, every time I did that, I wasn't thinking about my audience members thinking, right. am I ruining their film experience by the fact that they can smell my low mane? <laughs> I have mixed feelings about that. Part of me is like, okay, maybe this is a little bit rude and I should think about what I'm getting so it's not... Then part of me is kind of like, well, think about... Honestly, when people say like, well, you shouldn't eat that food because it's smelly and I can smell it, nine times out of ten, that's some white-ass motherfucker complaining about not white food. I'm just putting that out there. Okay. That if I was eating chicken fingers, no one's like, I can smell the (laughs) breadcrumbs on your chicken fingers. (laughs) No, What they're saying is, I can smell those spices on your food that I don't identify with, so so (laughs) So, I don't want to smell it. It's actually veiled racism. So so there's a part of me that... Veiled culinary racism. There's a part of me that kind of thinks... I don't don't want to say it's racism, but I do think it's a little bit of like... (laughs) I don't want to be inconvenienced by your smells. And I'm kind of like, you know, I'm inconvenienced by your smells all the fucking time. So you got to deal with mine for a few minutes. Sorry. Right. Again, now, if you let's compare the two things. If I knew I was going to bust ass and it was going to smell super bad, I do. I actually do think 
knowing the length of a movie that right. if you're going to release a super smelly fart and you know it, you yeah. need to get out of that movie theater. That's you my opinion. I've been in enough movies where I'm like, what was that smell, man? Did someone just <laughs> rip in here? And, and someone said, well, it's the same thing. No, if you think someone's shit smell and, the same. And, and curry are the same thing, yeah, very then clearly you, you are a racist. You are actually a racist. <laughs> That's actually you being a racist. No, I mean, you know what I'm saying though. Like, I, I guess, I guess it's to the point where at this point I'm old enough that if if I really think about it, and I really think like this is going to really bum people out. Right. Then maybe I wouldn't. But if I go to a place and they have food on the menu, then guess what's happening? Oh, fuck. you're getting down. Yeah. If, if I'm hungry, you know, if yeah, hungry, I might yeah. get something. But I will say this though: um, if we were going to open our own version of an Alamo, yeah, the Cinepunks Theater. It, we would have more fingery food. Like I think the what the Alamo Draft House, their menu's pretty good for a movie theater. Yeah. I just think our menu would be better. Yeah. And we would have some interesting things where that you know, you would be thinking both about how you eat it and uh-huh. what you're eating. And the atmosphere that you create by eating in the I theater. think that would be part That's of it. That's a thing, man. That's a yeah, thing. Yeah, I think I think that would be worth thinking about. But I also would like more variety. Like I just think that the Alamo food, when I go to a Fantastic Fest, I'm so stoked on it. The first weekend I'm like, I'm going to eat all this shit. By that like third day, I'm like, well, I need something else. <laughs> I need something green. This this menu is no just good. not that broad. <laughs> it's just, you know. And I, I just will not eat an Alamo theater pizza. People. Maybe did it. She was fine with it. I don't know. Yeah. No. No, I thank you. Just saying. So, all right. Back to our story. Food issues notwithstanding. Yeah, we spent a long time on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, When I think about movie theaters that personally... I have a connection to it's because like I saw movies that either I really cared about or had experiences that at these theaters that really uh, stayed with me. Things so, like you uh, were on a date. Uh, well, <laughs> that did happen once. I, I kissed with. a girl during a, a screening of The Craft <laughs> in North Jersey. The yeah. Craft. The Craft. I went and saw yeah. The Craft. First of all, and, Craft is a good movie, and I. <laughs> And we yeah, didn't full on make out, but I did have a kiss on the lips, total lip kiss to a girl. Nice one. During the craft, yeah. So, I mean, will I ever remember? I don't even know what theater it was. It was somewhere in Island. And, um, yeah, no, I don't. I'm, but then other experiences that I remember from theaters, things like um, getting to a fight at a theater. Have you ever done that? That's a fun time. No. Um, that happened one time at the Newport Center Mall. This is in Jersey City. Jersey City, yeah. And I was there with... uh, I forget who I was there with. I was with a a couple of uh, people from the tattoo shop, like a bunch of like weirdos, and it was just like... It got weird, and then like some dude said something, and then we were fighting. (laughs) This is during the film, or you were out in... It was during the film. It was during the film. And what film was this? Uh, This was during a screening of Jet Li's The One. I'm not familiar with this film. It's a terrible movie. (laughs) It's terrible. But uh, I, I wouldn't say it was terrible. It's, uh, not, it's not great. Well, I didn't enjoy my, my time watching it. I'll say that because we got into a fight and it's stupid. <laughs> but um, another thing I remember. Oh, uh, one of the funniest times I ever had at a theater was at the Riverview. And um, we were going to interview Mr. Um, Jason Blum of Blumhouse Productions. Okay. But in preparation for the, mo- for the interview, I had to watch The Purge Anarchy, which I hadn't seen. So... Uh, uh, Blumhouse paid for uh, for us to have a theater to ourselves to see it before the interview the next day. Wait, you got to see the movie by yourself in the theater? Yeah, by it was me. This is my dream to it, see a movie by myself in the movie. Theater. It was me and Melani and the Sony guy, the dude from Sony with the suit, and he oh, had to yeah, stand totally. at the door. 
He couldn't come into the theater. He had to stand at the door and make sure no one came in. Oh, it's just, a bootleg, the Purge Anarchy? Yeah, it's a, this is before the Purge Anarchy came out, and I had to do the interview with the guy. And they how, how was the Purge Anarchy? Like the Punisher War Journal, it is a wonderful fucking movie. That's awesome. Dude, I've never seen it. It's so, it's it's just like, okay, so you, you remember the Thomas Jane Punisher movie? Yeah. Fucking terrible. Yeah. It's really, good. really bad. Yeah, I don't like it. You get the Punisher War Journal. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Dude, there's a scene where he punches the guy in the face who's doing cocaine in the movie, and his fist goes right through his nose into his head. Bam! Because all the cocaine in there. You've said this. Fuck be- that you've shit. said this before on the show. You're Dude, because it's the greatest scene in any modern American action movie. Dude, so good, <laughs> so fucking good. You dude. should have a siren for hyperbola, like it goes. Ring. Well, yeah. Every see, time be you guys bad. like that would exceed be. The- <laughs> that would be if this were hyperbole, which it is not. Because next to John Wick, the Punisher War Journal is one of the greatest movies of all time. Anyway, you are insane. I know, right now. dude. I stayed up until one thirty in the morning the other day just watching John Wick, which I've seen already and i had to be at work at seven in the morning and i did that shit i don't know why oh, it's anyway. just john wick is awesome not important not important what was i oh yeah so i saw the movie me and milani saw the movie just the two of us in the theater and it was so much fun because like i did fart i did that i didn't leave and it was a bad one but no one was there to complain i mean milani complained <laughs> <laughs> but like you know she's my wife yeah <laughs> you she's know, gotta put up with it anyway. health, yeah, yeah, so yeah. there you go and uh, it was just one of those like surreal experiences where I was like, I could take my shoes off. I could take my shirt off. Like That can happen right now. And no one's going to say anything because there's no one in here. But I didn't. But I could have. So, so that happened. So you didn't even get naked. You had the opportunity to even do it. Yeah, I know. I, I, actually, this is not my only experience in a movie where I'm the only person in the theater. Living a dream. Oddly enough. I used to live in North Jersey. Yeah. My roommate, Gio, at the time was a projectionist at uh, Lowe's Theater. In Kinelon, the thing about the theater was in Kinelon, it was behind a shopping center, so no one knew it was there. So basically, we just went there all the time, and no one was in there. So we saw—I don't even remember what movie we saw. But it was me and my friend Chris Oliver, who used to be an ensign. He lives in—he uh, lives in Portland now. Do you, you know Chris? Big Red Chris, they called him. Um, anyway, he was in something in the water. That band. He was in a couple other bands. Um, Purpose was another one. He and I and our friend Matt went to go see a movie, and it was just us in the theater, and Gio just let us in. Gio also used to ply us with every single thing that they cooked at Lowe's Theater, which is sure. like fried shrimps and like onion rings and like curly fries. Like It was insane. It was just the three of us with all this fried food in a movie theater in Kinelon watching Lord knows what. I don't even remember. All I know is that someone got naked, someone ended up in a trash can, and we were throwing shit at each other, and it was one of the funnest things I'd ever done in my entire life. I think I spent a lot of time at that Cinemark in. Oh, the, in that's 40s. now the Ritz 16 or whatever. Or now it's no. a Cinemark 16, but it, it used, used to be, to the, be Ritz. the Ritz. Yeah. No, you the the one at the Echelon Mall, the Lion's Head Plaza. No, so okay, let's back this up. The one you're describing as the Ritz is now a Carmike. Carmike Cinemark. Yeah, sorry. Their Cinemark is still there. Is it Cinemark? You get there off of Whitehorse Pike. It's between Whitehorse Pike. And the uh, Paco station that you would get off to go to the Echelon Mall. Right. right. Yeah. So between Woodcrest and Whitehorse Pike on that one road that goes past Woodcrest Station is the Cinemark. I really get the idea that people who live near there didn't know it existed. Wow. It's bigger now. They've actually expanded it. But when I was a kid, sometimes it was busy and sometimes it was empty. It was really weird. But 
that's when you when ob was making the the date joke i was like oh man the first time like i held a girl's hand during a movie and i didn't Whoa. know if she liked me until we held hands and that was like that was at that movie theater you know mm-hmm. um the did the, you take the high speed line out there uh, that time I had a ride. It was with some friends, but I have taken the speed line and walked there from that speed line, which is not an easy walk, but yeah. I've done it. Um, I've uh, the you know the first time I paid for a movie when I was on a date with someone. Oh, uh, was that that theater? Yeah, the first time I made out during a movie. See, I've never had that the experience that of making out during a movie. That's the thing that I'm not familiar. Yeah, with. Yeah, I don't want to get explicit, but it's I've, weird. I've, it's weird know, to me. I don't know. I've definitely done it. I mean, the 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 <laughs> thing that the, what's weird is the first. I don't know if this was the first time. One of the first times I remember making out during a movie was fucking Titanic. What? Why? What Why is would wrong you with me? I don't understand. The romance was just <laughs> overtaking you. I can see in the moment, man. I think it was. I think it was more just. I hated the movie and I was like really bored and I was like, we're gonna make this happen right now. Wow. Have yeah. you have you ever made out with with someone in a movie theater, Obi? No, no. Maybe like at the drive-in, like Whoa. old school style. But no. Do you like drive-in theaters? Are you a driving? Theater I do. Man? I do like drive-in theaters. Um, what was the drive-in you used to go to when you were younger? Really, they had the one in Pensacolkin. They had one down by the shore by LBI. Where, I feel like I went to the one in Pensacolkin, but I don't remember where it is. It's where like it was. where the big giant churches now. Yeah, and they had be... used to have the Jack Shack there. What was yeah, the, yeah, the fantasy show bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Never heard of it. Man, anyway, I, I went there. Yeah, I went to that that drive-in. I forget what I saw there though. I Something saw. I seen the black hole there. Oh, oh the Disney man. one. Yeah. So good with I like Anthony the Perkins. They do give you two movies. Usually, they do that though, at the Delcy. I still. Tired to watch a second one sometimes, but it's uh, if you go to the Delcy Drive-in during the summertime, it's a double feature, but it's only a twelve dollar ticket. Yeah. So even if you just see one, see, but that's why you got to come up to the Mahoning. Yeah, our people at the Mahoning are. That's a nine dollar ticket, and it's thirty five millimeter. <laughs> I want to be able to come up just so people come up and hang out where I live because there's no other reason to come up and hang out. One of the, yeah, I mean, it's like the same to drive to the Delcy, probably to yeah. drive up. To yeah, it. it's like an hour and a half to the Delcy. Maybe. Is that right? Maybe a little bit less. Like it's by Rowan, like around that it's way. Like, isn't it? Isn't Vineland? Yeah. Yeah, Vineland. So it's like about forty-five minutes to. Like it's definitely hour. further than the Mahoning than that, but I just think there's so such cool. Well, shows. the Mahoning does all the genre film that we love, so. and it's all thirty-five millimeters, so that's kind of neat. But the Delcy does like double feature of current movies, so like I saw Batman sure. Returns there. Well, that's the thing. Like, like the the only plus about the Lehigh Valley is like. Things are so behind the times in Lehigh Valley that there are multiple drive-ins that, like, it, you know, the Mahoning is the only. It's not ironic, but it's the only nostalgic drive-in. Right. All those other drive-ins, they've just been open the whole time. They've just, all updated to digital. <laughs> it never. In fact, what's really weird is a lot of theaters in Lehigh Valley have been updating to digital this year. What? Not getting the memo of like, no, 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 keep your film projector because it's coming back around. People are stoked on film. So like, get digital but keep at least a film projector so you can do older movies and it's cool. They don't know that. So they're all like, we finally saved up enough that we're switching to digital. (laughs) And it's like, no, you missed it. You missed it. No, now's not the time. But yeah, like there's a place uh, called Becky's that I've gone to. I went there with with, uh, soon to be uh, or uh, officially, I guess, third Cinepunker, Justin Lore. We went there Yay. and saw um, the Avengers sequel. What was that? Age of Ultron. We saw oh, that at the drive-in. At the drive-in. Yeah. Nice. It was sick. That's funny. Yeah, and they do, in fact, the 
Becky's in the fall sometimes does triple features. Oh, so that's they do a these. Whole it'll, night. it'll be one new movie and then two old movies. That's awesome. For I think it's like nine bucks. So. You know what my first drive-in movie theater experience was? It was in Pensacola. Yeah, was, mine too. It was uh, Superman two. I was a kid. My parents took me to see Superman two there. So I have and memories of going there with my mom. But yeah. I don't remember what we saw. It really bums me out. Like Super- we. The only reason I remember Superman two is because I was really young when I saw it, and every time Superman was losing, my dad would be like. Okay, we're going to stay and watch the rest of it. And I'd be like, I want to go home. And then Superman would start winning. And then my dad would be like, all right, let's go home. And I'd be like, no, no, we'll stay. We'll stay. So your dad was that. hating on Superman? No, my dad was clowning me for being like, Superman's losing. I want to go home. Superman's winning. I want to stay here. So, you know. But I do that. I like the idea of your dad clowning you. Yeah, it's my dad. I don't know <laughs> if you know. <laughs> He's a weirdly funny guy. So I, uh, I, If I really think about it, I really suspect yeah. that what we saw at the drive-in was Teen Wolf or oh, Teen Wolf 2? Sweet. I hope it was Teen Wolf 2. That would be so much funnier. I don't know. <laughs> I Because I have memories of being at a drive-in and seeing possibly Goonies. Oh, And then also one. seeing uh, one of the Teen Wolves, and I don't remember which one. That's amazing. That's kind of genius that you don't know, though. You know, like, the first drive-in wasn't in, in Philadelphia? The was first it? ever? Yeah, I believe so. I don't know. No way. It could be. I don't know. So do you I think do you that. think that there's the same synergy between the experience of seeing a movie in a movie theater and the experience of seeing a band at a specific venue? Is that a comparable experience like map? Can you say that one is like the other? Uh I don't know. I mean like I have storied, you know, I have I've fond memories of seeing places seeing shows at places that those places then become like important to me, like the church. Like I don't right. think I'd care about the Unitarian Church had I not come up through punk and hardcore in Philadelphia. Same thing with places like the Manville Elks Lodge, mm-hmm. uh, Middlesex County College, um, Nostalog. Do you think that the the relationship between your your experience there and what you saw has anything to do with yeah, that? Yeah, like if you attach memories, like if you know, like certain things, like you always went to a place and you maybe went there, like when, as you said, on these certain dates and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was like. A big, a big thing. Do you have Do you have any like places like that that like you think about fondly that you go back? As far as punk rock goes, sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Or movie theaters, whichever one, either one. For theaters, you know, I like the I like the theater that was in the mini mall because it was you know it cost a dollar. (laughs) A dollar. Yeah, I went there all the time. (laughs) I went to the one in the dollar fifty in Echelon. The Echelon Mall. Yeah, I saw the Crow there five times. Do they still got these movies? No. Second round theaters. Is well, this like? Uh, the, the I'm sure they exist. Gone. I'm sure they exist in the world. Yeah. The last second run movie theater in our area uh, was the one that was the Hoyts. Oh, remember? And then that closed, and now it's like a garden center or yeah. some shit. Um, but up near me, I assume there would be some second run. You'd think there's, there's one, one in Hazleton. Oh, is there? There's one near me in Emmaus that. Isn't billed as a second run theater, Home but of- looking at their lineup, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is a second run theater. But then you're like, no, now we're getting this movie. And you're like, yeah, that movie's been out, man. Like, it's not cool, but it's slightly cheaper and it's a smaller theater. Yeah, and like I like that experience, though. Do you like that? Going- Do you like the second run theory? Well, and, and, and it was cool because, like, you know, like, sort of like I would go see anything because it only costs a dollar, right? Yeah. Kind yeah. of like the red box of, of, <laughs> of movie theater experiences. I actually got kicked out of the Echelon Mall one for uh, Pulp Fiction because I was 16. 
Oh, really? Yeah. They caught me. I don't know how they caught me, but they came over with a flashlight. <laughs> like, young man, well, you, you bought a ticket for Don Juan DeMarco. <laughs> well, let's let's do a similar thing. Like, are there, OB, are there venues that hold a place in your heart because of your experience there? Yeah, even certainly. Even more than the venue itself? Like, I would say, like, Frankfurt Y, like... Yeah, because, you know, Frankfurt Y sounded awful, but it, that was, like, the first place, like, I went to, like, sure. shows. What did you see there? Uh, I saw, like, Sick of It All, Fang, No Effects. Jesus. You know. Wow. Like, man, it's like that. Pizzazz would be, like... Where was where was Club Pizzazz at? It's in Frankfurt. It's, like, at the Market Orthodox. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, oh, shit. So those were, like... Was, that was like my first real exposure. Was Club Pizzazz as it's always been described to me as like a scary experience getting there, and then the shows themselves were also a frightening time. They they could be. Um, I mean, now that I live in Frankfurt and thinking about how Frankfurt was back then, I wouldn't say it was. But like, if you know, probably coming in from the suburbs, probably people people <laughs> thought that. Um, yeah, like I have a memory that one time there was there was a giant fight between AC Skins and the Philly Punks there, and Jesus. I swear this is in my memory. I don't know if this is true. The security guard at Pizzazz basically racked a rifle like a shotgun and said, "Everyone out!" What? But maybe I imagined that, but I didn't imagine all the fighting. <laughs> God um, damn. So I mean, so I mean, like, in in, I mean, I only experienced because it, it exposed me to a lot of a lot of, and that that club was actually a, a pretty nice spot to see the bands as far as size and where the bands played too. Yeah, you I mean, you've seen a lot of venues though in your time. Well, that's probably. Be, yeah, because I'm old. Well, no, that, but you've toured, you've done yeah, Europe and all that yeah, stuff, right? So yeah, that's true. The I, I would say like City Gardens, like. You know, that whole... What do you think of the book? Eh. <laughs> I mean, I didn't read the book. Excuse me, the movie. The I, movie, the writer on the dance floor movie, I wasn't so much a fan right, of. Right, it goes on too long. But the book, the book is awesome. You haven't read the book yet? No. Yeah, it's by uh, Amy Yates Wolfling and my man Steve DeLodovico. Check it out. Okay, good plug. <laughs> Thank you. Um, good, good plug. Then, uh... Do you have you any know, I wilds? was involved in like Handy Street, which oh, yeah. is like I remember Handy Street. Who played? I never went to Handy Street. Who played at Handy Street? Lots of bands played the Handy saw, Street. You know, Handy Street was like one of my favorite memories. Was um, I saw when Instill broke up and you and I started. They all lived at Handy Street, and uh, or at least that Thomas guy did, right? I don't know. Maybe that was past my time. But like I like like when we like. The melody like had stopped doing shows. Yeah, and then they and then started. we said we said I live with Ross, Chris Ross. Yeah, at the time, and I was like, we could have shows here in this basement, and we started started shows there, and then but I had to move out of there because they all smoked, and I had a smoker's cough like mm. from just secondhand smoke. Dang. But they continued; they really ramped it up. Wow. Handy and, Street. And what were some, some of the standout shows there? I mean, Hot Water Music, Lifetime, like Ignite, yeah. Far Side. Yeah. Like basically any band that was playing Jersey at that time. Yeah, and then like, the, there like was, the early 90s. Like, yeah, they were they were going to mm-hmm. Handy Street usually. Just um, 
if they weren't playing Middlesex or something like that. So right. you got a lot, a lot of bands. Were you there that night that the melody caught fire and and uh, Hot Water had to move the show? Yes. The Did you hear that story? No. I thought they moved to three thirty one Somerset, Somerset Street. Street. Yeah, those yeah. um, Hot Water music was playing the melody and Black Fire started pouring out of the wall. It's electrical fire. It was like That's ridiculous. Crazy. So everybody loaded out. But through the stairs. So if you remember the melody, there was that one rickety stairway to go to oh, upstairs. Oh yes. They loaded all the shit out that way, and they moved it to three thirty one Somerset Street. And Hot Water Music played at like two in the morning. It's crazy. <laughs> and then when I was in California, we started like the Pickle Patch. Did you live in Mike California, Ob? Did yeah, you live I out lived that way for how long? One year. That's all I could take. Fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had to go back to Philadelphia. <laughs> I moved actually down the shore at first. Oh, how was that? The shore's all right, but like, I'm happier in Philadelphia. Hmm. But let's, let's tell us more about California, because you, if if you don't know, so to follow, again, again, can it, I can I just plug yeah. your your Instagram feed for a minute? Is that okay? Yeah, you can pl- plug away. So Ob's Instagram feed is Eastbound of Frankfurt, right? Yeah, with the number two. If you're gonna plug it, plug it right. Eastbound two, numeral two, FKD, FKD, right? Ob posts tons of flyers. From the '90s, from all over the world, from places I've never been. <laughs> yeah, these flyers like were sitting in my attic mostly, and then someone invented invented social media so I could share them. But uh, the, <laughs> do you know the flyers like come from the date? Like yeah, yeah right? Like, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. Guess it matches up with the date. It matches up with the date that you post them. Yeah. Yes, I've noticed this. So, but they're amazing. That's the flyers. whole conceit. That's why it's so clever. It's genius. That's that's why it's so clever. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. But uh, go on, go on with these venues in California. Yeah. So when I moved to California, where they had in in Goleta, Isla Vista, they had a history of of house shows, and then because the kid Joe Rogers, we lived with, they had the PA. We started the show there. It was me, Mike, fighting Joe Rogers. He was like in. IG88, Exignota, those abolition bands. Do you know that Goleta, California is like one of my favorite because of abolition? Like, I've never been there. I don't know anything about the place other than the bands. Well, it's a nice place to visit. Yeah. But um, what did you know that that was like my thing? That like I love Torches to Rome and like. Oh, you like the sound of music. The yeah. sound of that the of style. That time. <laughs> he also likes the sound of <laughs> the music. The sound of music, yeah, to be fair, good. is also one of my favorite <laughs> movies, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Yeah, so the. So I mean, those venues I was involved with. I mean, the Pickle Patch is more more known because I moved because I couldn't stand California. Um, is more known with Steve Aoki, who, oh, right. who moved in afterwards, and you know he he would he you know See, he's like the, the personality that Aoki is the DJ is is sort of like the same as Aoki the hardcore kid. He was like very positive, very like he would always be saying yes to everything that shows and I'm sort of like I was kind of like the enforcer like I made yeah. people pay and like told bands they couldn't play cause like they weren't gonna draw anybody and stuff like that that was like my role there at the risk of sounding stupid I didn't realize that that was the same guy well now just because know. I had the wait uh, you didn't know that that's no, like how he's I had known. the This Machine Kills 12 inch but I didn't realize he's the DJ guy who also has the same name <laughs> it's like wait a minute that's the guy from the, from from this machine, okay. Yeah, I think I think like for punk rock venues, more than movie theaters have have. That maybe because I have more emotional uh, investment to the punk rock world. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like 
like there's like certain movies like I really like, but like I couldn't tell you like oh, I've seen it in this theater. Like, right. but like I could say like there's certain bands I like, and like this the time I saw them there was like like it was whatever transcendent or whatever <laughs> transcendent. <laughs> it was life affirming. So if you had to pick like one venue then that you adored the most, what would it be? The one time, like every time there was a show at this place, you had to be there regardless of who was playing because you're like, yo, that's my place, that's my scene. I would say like early, early on when I was, you know, just getting into punk, like I would go to the Frankfurt Wild. Like I didn't even know necessarily know these bands, but yeah. I would just go because it was a show, and I was really like totally stoked on hardcore and wanted to go see them. Like, and also I seen shows like at Scott Hall at Rutgers, like yeah. seeing Bold and and Vision and stuff there. Like these are like legendary shows, but this is like an awful venue. It's like a lecture hall for 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 <laughs> yeah. for um, you know college, like where they would have like one hundred and one classes in uh-huh. there. And there's like a little space in front of the stage, and people are jumping off the stage and they're jumping off the chairs behind you. It's like <laughs> oh man, and you know it doesn't sound good and stuff like that. So, right. but I mean like. Do you like like other bigger venues? Did you like like the Bowery Ballroom or like places like that? No, to tell the truth, like you know, I'm kind of like a punk rock snob. Like I feel like go on. I feel like one <laughs> one fifty is the cap. Like a good experience. Like right. like I probably see, I seen bigger shows like Warped Tour or Lollapalooza and stuff like that. Right. But like as I don't think as... there's that, that connection. So as far know? as shows that matter, you're capping it at one hundred fifty people attending. Yeah, in a, in a room that probably holds a hundred people. I feel like that is though. As I'm getting older, overstuffed. I don't really like that much anymore. No, not like so much. golden. For instance, golden tea house can suck it. <laughs> it's dead. Sure, well, sure. I was gonna say it doesn't. It doesn't exist anymore anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's finished. But but yeah. but I I haven't been to Second Empire yet. But I would like to check that out. That seems that's like in a West cool Philly, venue. right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was where I, Pure Disgust played last week. I'll be honest. I actually am a little bit more. Than that like so for example for certain bands i'm actually fine with a big venue like underground arts i'm sorry arts is not a, i wouldn't consider that a big venue. i'm sorry i meant to say union transfer okay i right. could do union transfer for certain bands when it comes to hardcore though i don't actually want to be in a hundred person room because often there's no stage and I can't see the band, and it's hard to mosh. Right. But I don't want to be at Union Transfer either. I, I would like to be in a 250 room. Okay. With a nice stage, like a stage a I can black see box. people. Can you give me yeah. an example? Is that Barbary, or is that Barbary smaller? Uh, well, we would sell the Barbary to 250. <laughs> I don't know if it is that. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, I would say my issue with the Barbary is I wish there was no... I mean, there were lots of issues booking at the Barbary from a from a promoter standpoint yeah that place sucks fuck those people but <laughs> as far as the room it's you don't like the bouffant bang out and don't burn any bridges dude <laughs> yo man what if there's a barbary cinderpunks collab coming up you just yo, fucked it right never, in its asshole. never it's never gonna happen uh my re- issue with that room is it's not straight yeah it's a weird angled room i don't like the bar being right there if the bar wasn't there and the room was straight that could be like a chill room to be in. It's just yeah. the weird angle it's at and the stuff in the room just doesn't work for a hardcore show that well. But uh-huh. something vaguely about that size could could work. Maybe even a little bit bigger. Um, Kung Fu Naptai is smaller than I want. I think it's great for some shows, but yeah. for 
what I like at a show, it's a little bit small, especially because once that front part of the room sells out and you're back in the bar area, you that can't sucks. see shit. Yeah, but seeing Hardskin there is a good time. Every yeah, time. sure, sure, sure. But that's the thing. I think different bands, different is sizes. Is like Philly Mocha big enough for you or no? These are all about the same I actually thing. No, I actually think Philly Mocha standing room is great. It's perfect. Sitting, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer. But well, it's just uncomfortable because of the chairs. But yeah, you know. yeah, But like standing room, that's a great size room. I wish for a hardcore show. I mean, first of all, I don't want to go to a hardcore show there because the last time they had a hardcore show, shit got yeah. fucked up and I feel bad. You guys for broke the toilet but and sprayed water all over let, the place. Let's say, it was a, let's say that wasn't, it's the same size room but not specifically Philly Mocha. That's uh-huh. a cool room for a hardcore show. Yeah. I, I tend to prefer longer rather than wider rooms uh-huh. but it's nice it shapes room the stage is a good size i i could maybe go a little bit higher with the stage but i'm alone i think people prefer a lower stage yeah i like a teeny bit higher but not i don't want a tall stage you can't jump off of that's crazy right right um but like i don't like when we used to go to hardcore shows at the truck it's too big yeah. It's way too and like I like doing Yeah, and there's a barrier too. Yeah. Well I remember there was a time where there wasn't the barrier. a barrier at the truck. It was way high though. You had to boost someone up. No, that's what I'm saying. There. Even then it was not that doesn't work for me. I no. don't want a big barrier like that. I mean, I I'll, I'll be straight up. If it was smaller, I always thought Broad Street Ministry, we had the best room. Yeah, I love that. You guys room. did sync. But it was just it was, was just really too fun. wide. Yeah. It, for Chromex, it was perfect because we sold it out, and it was that was you couldn't put more people in there. This room. is downstairs. Yeah, downstairs. Yeah. The upstairs, if the upstairs had a stage, that's a great too. room. Yeah, that's a great room. The I just Balcony. I just prefer stages. I get like on the floor is cool, and I think for certain bands, I want it on the floor. Yeah, but for a lot of the bands I like, I'd like to be able to see the band, even if I'm not moshing. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, like, right. I want to be able to like stop moshing, stand on the side because I'm uh-huh. old and I can only do like t- a couple songs, and still be able to visually see the band and see what's going on. You know, but I don't need them to be up on a stage where I'm like, we're all just standing there quietly watching what they're doing. Especially yeah. that, that it really doesn't make any sense for me with that with some bands because they're so boring. <laughs> like, there's so many bands. I'm not even talking about hardcore. I'm just music in general yeah. where they don't do anything while they're on stage. Yeah. So why are they up on this giant stage and we're all just quietly staring at them <laughs> while they just stand there and nothing happens? Did you guys Did you guys ever go to shows at the Rotunda? Did you like Rotunda stage? Uh, Rotunda's like, the sound wasn't that great. It was all right. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember... 40, the other place they had over there. That place was fun. Yeah. I remember when... Uh, I really liked 4040. I had a good time there. You remember when World Inferno set the PA on fire at that time? Yes. They were blowing the fire. That was funny. Um, I, I went to... Stalag is certainly like an experience going there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stalag will always be like one of my favorites. That and the church, of course. There will always be warm... And the fake house, too. There's first. no reason for me to like the Stalag, especially since at the time I was having poop issues. Oh, so I would regularly have to no, poop and you don't no, want to poop no, there. No. And yet some of my favorite show memories are the you know what I mean like it, yeah. it's I guess this is what I was going to get to back when you were talking about the punk venue versus movie theaters this is the issue some punk venues stand out because they were shitty venues and as right. much as you hate them you saw such good shows there and it was such an experience it stood out to you with film sometimes the best movie venues are completely forgettable because yeah. they are uniform and they are the same and, and they it, don't project that the right lumens typically the bigger that they are they don't yeah. have they have so many more issues the more big now, business either. i am of the opinion and i and i haven't written i want to write this piece for cinepunks and i haven't written it yet but i will spoil it for everybody now <laughs> that my experience at the mahoning drive-in says to me so what the general knowledge seems to be is that a venue like philomoka doesn't work because 
um, movie people are whiny pieces of crap. Uh-huh. And we need everything. Ourselves to be, included. We, we need everything to be perfect. The seats right. have to be perfect. The projection has to be perfect. The sound has to be perfect. And anything that's DIY would never work because we're uptight. And we don't want that. We don't. We want high quality. As a population. Yeah. As a, as a general public, that's what movie people are like. But then you go to the Mahoning Drive-In, which has a rusted out screen. Uh-huh. You're in your car. Right. The food is like, well, it's actually kind of cool if you like greasy ass <laughs> grease food, uh, which I do. So I don't want to talk about it. But you know what right. I mean? It's, it's you know, old. Th- but there's an appeal to it. It's actually, for me, not only a memorable venue, but a memorable Experience. film experience that yeah. I enjoy. And so I think my contention is that places like Philomoka do work for a specific thing that you're trying to do. And so maybe it doesn't work if you are a film critic trying to see the latest Avengers movie. You don't right. want to go to Philomoka. Or to the Mahoning Drive-In for that matter. Right. But, but if you want to watch an all-night marathon of shitty movies and I think, that ends with Troll 2 and Green Foods. Well, one of the things that people who are concerned about film don't acknowledge, and I think this is what so part of so uh, I'm connecting this to Tarantino right now. He's got Hateful Eight coming out. He's pushing right. 70 millimeter, and everyone thinks this is about his ability as a filmmaker to shoot on 70 millimeter. That that's the point. But he's also pushing exhibition. He's a guy who owns a movie theater, and he knows that most movie theaters in America suck. They're shitty theaters, and so part of his theory about shooting on 70 millimeter is to say, look. It costs so much money. That movie costs an irrational amount of money, mostly because of the film. Uh-huh. He's like, well, if you put this much money into making the film, why and not put that much money into screening? Maybe they'll care about the exhibition. They'll actually yeah. make sure theaters do their job and show the movie well. And I think for me, yes, the problem with DIY can be projection. Then in some circumstances, you can't get what you want. But I think we can address the projection issue and still have interesting theaters that broaden the film experience and invite more people in. Right. Now, again, I'm not saying... I would there, agree with that. That's I'm not, not saying there shouldn't be super high-end venues that have the futuristic projection and the most comfy... Theater. Like I want that to be an option. But I think the idea that sort of is present in the broader film community, especially people who might do exhibition, who might show movies, is if we're not at the highest end, no one's going to fucking come. And I just don't think that's true. Yeah, I mean, like, you could see, like, like some of these revival, like, where they're yeah. showing, like, quote-unquote, a grindhouse picture, like, which yeah. would normally be shown in, like, Times Square or something like yeah. that. Do people want to have that full experience? And also, like, sometimes you might choose, like, where you want to go see the movie, what the audience will be like. Like, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. want to see, like, a real arty movie, like, at the, at river, the view. river View. But, like, <laughs> maybe, like, a really raunchy comedy or a yeah. horror film, you maybe want to experience it with a type of audience that, yeah. that, was, that would that typically or, you know, go to that, yeah. that theater. No, I agree. I, yeah. I, I, I just think, again, I'm, I, I'm not pushing a conclusion i don't know what the answer is but i think my experience at the drive-in combined with our conversation about punk venues that sometimes it's about the people there and about the show and the venue isn't as important i get that that doesn't directly translate because there's technical issues with showing a movie but is there a way to address some of those technical issues without having to be like well if it's not a million dollars it's not worth it like i just think that 
there's some DIY options with showing movies, which is part of our love for the Awesome Fest. That Josh Goldblum yeah. is not like it's got to be the perfect. He's like, no. I'm gonna set up outside. Like yeah, we're gonna like, do it at a park. They might arrest me at the end of this, but we're going for it. Yeah, go yeah. Big or and, go I, home. and that doesn't appeal. To, and again, this isn't about appealing to everyone. If no. someone hears what I'm saying and says, "Well, I don't want that experience," that's then cool. You probably yeah. want to go to Stalag either. There's pee on the floor. <laughs> There's you know, cat poo under people chairs. were th- yeah. throwing forty ounces. Like you know, like the, it's not that the experience is for everyone. It's that a variety of experiences appeal to a variety of people. Right. Very very well said. Should we uh, wrap up? Are we yeah, at that point? I think so. Okay. I hate that I had the last word, but whatever. <laughs> well, we can talk about things that we're hyped for. All right. OB. Are there things that we're excited about coming up? OB, I'm looking at you. Act three. Stuff that's coming up that you're excited about. Uh, I would say like uh, I'm slightly excited f- for Star Wars. Slightly? Yeah, slightly. You're trying to keep like checked expectations. No, I'm not. I'm not even that. Like, I'm just like. It's like okay, it's coming. Yeah. (laughs) I hope it's good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. Are there any other shows coming up that you're excited about going to? Uh, I was gonna go to that Beachline show, but like I'm gonna be out of town now. But I would be excited for it. I think it's the 19th. Oh man, I gotta see that show. I've never seen them yet. I do enjoy that record though. Can see it. <laughs> Thank you. Plug it. R five Productions is at the church. Yeah, <laughs> sweet, sweet, good venue. <laughs> I do like the church. All right, Liam. Good. Um, that's actually a good question. I this is one of the few times I didn't come with anything ready to go. I guess pretty soon Joe has a that all out war holiday show coming up. Oh yeah. Uh, Where's that going to be at? Voltage. I believe it's at Voltage. Okay. Uh, uh, the stage is too high. Voltage. I do actually think the stage is a little high at Voltage, but um, I think it's at Voltage. It might be at Ortlieb's for all I know. But uh, I would just say go to Philly Hardcore Shows, uh, and then you will know uh, where that show is. I'm excited for it, not just because I love All Out War, which I do, but um, Bob Wilson's other band, Mother of Mercy, is playing. And uh, no disrespect to all of his, he's he's been in like four bands, and I don't want to shit on any of those bands. But Mother of Mercy is really the only one that I, care about so i'm just excited because they don't play shows very often so that's what i want to and the rest of the lineup is good too it's worth checking out if you want to go um check that out as far as film stuff i feel like everyone's on a bit of a holiday break yeah uh things coming out i again i am also cautiously optimistic when it comes to star wars um i'm hoping to see krampus soon Mm. uh i really want to see it's probably terrible but i really want to see the uh holiday movie the comedy that's out it's like uh oh, last Seth night Rogen? i saw yeah. it was oh, it all right my goodness, it was okay man i was curious about it. i mean here's the thing some of those movies that they've been doing have been fun and some of them have been it's like, just okay i liked this is the end it's the same yeah. sort of same sort people, of people you know but whatever so it's i was really, curious about really it really corny it's corny but i mean it's it's corny in a way that you can kind of relate to but it's still not a good movie i don't know honestly i'm most stoked when it comes to holiday related movies or things are coming out on holidays for the hateful eight which yeah talked about. dude i really want to see it i really want to see the full because they're doing it so everyone talks about it coming out 70 millimeter what it is is that there's a full show uh-huh. that's 70 millimeter there's a truncated dcp version you're going to be able to see that's but not coming out on Christmas. The full. That's the full show. Is it seventy has, millimeter like Cinemascope, or is that different? It's uh, different. Cine, uh, seventy millimeter is so bef- for, for myself and the other ignoramuses. No, 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 no. It's, no, it's, it's fine. Not common knowledge. It's basically <laughs> not a. It's knowledge. basically a bigger film, 
and the quality of the film is such that it is very clear. It's mm. actually Is this like IMAX? So the first IMAX before IMAX went digital, it was 70 millimeter. Yeah. Now he didn't film it in 70 millimeter IMAX, which is so it's both the film and the lens. Mm. I'm not a scientist, so I can't explain this to you. <laughs> but from what I understand, you can see a 70 millimeter movie in IMAX. But if it wasn't filmed with an IMAX camera, it doesn't have the same amount of scope. But it does. It's basically what's interesting to me about 70 millimeter is it's the quality of digital, but it's analog. You know, it's done on film, but the clarity is like. You know, very similar to what you get with certain kinds of uh, HD digital stuff. So, right. um, what other film would I know? This the most. The most recent would be uh, uh, that wasn't filmed on seventy millimeter, though. Oh, it wasn't. They no. showed it in film. In you 70. could see it on seventy yeah. millimeter, but I don't think it was. I think the, the master. The master was the last thing that I think of that was filmed the on master, 70 millimeter. The master, that talky one? Yeah. The one with uh, the I don't know why Samson. I don't know why he filmed it on 70 millimeter, yeah, but he did. Because I remember all the... It seemed like cowboy movies and stuff like that would be like the best stuff. Uh, there's there, right? there's definitely other things that were filmed on 70 millimeter that I haven't... I guess... Uh, oh, of course. Uh, I think uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, they screened that in 70. That was awesome. So, But I think there's other stuff too. I just don't have a list. And there's not that many. They're having to go and reformat like 100 different theaters to have... The projection, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, huh? Well, that's uh, awesome. That's good. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. And oh, as far as oh, there was another film I wanted to hype, and now I don't remember what it is. Crap. Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming out. It, you know, it's, this is actually the curse of award season. Everyone's like, Trying to I want, I want to get in for an Oscar. So yeah. here's all the movies, and it's who has time to go see all these movies? I don't have time to go see all these movies. I yeah. want to see them. But there's, it's probably not going to happen. I made a list. I have a list films I'd like to see before the end of the year. It's like twenty five movies. There's That's no a way. Lot of, it's yeah. not going to. I mean, because some some of things that have already come out, they'll have to find on home video. Mm-hmm. But there's still stuff that in, in the theater that I really want to see, and it's hard to make the time. And for me, some of those movies are never going to come to uh, the Lehigh Valley. I'm going to have to go to Philadelphia. I'm going to have to go to New York. Right. It's just a bit of a drive. So I think next week, me and the wife are going to try to go to New York to see Dangerous Men at some point. Oh, they're screening um, at the Yonkers? Uh, no, so they already showed it there, but it's coming to Nighthawk in Brooklyn. Oh, so I'm nice. going to see it there. And then this Thursday, I'm going to see uh, Night Warning at uh, the Nighthawk. They're showing Night Warning on 35mm, which is a great horror movie. So Awesome. Should be fun. Anyways, what about you, Josh? The Saturday at the R5 Punk Rock Flea Market, I'll oh, be playing yeah. Santa Claus. Perfect. And you'll be able to pay me to take pictures with me. Perfect. <laughs> so come. Wait, you think people are going to pay you? I'm, I'm printing fo- uh, uh, four by six photographs oh, at the right. thing. What, you think I just give that shit away? You kidding me? It's interesting. Yeah, we're going to have a chair. Gonna have a big wooden chair to sit in. Now, chair. I don't know now, why people wouldn't pay you. That sounds actually like a thing people like will pay for. A reasonable thing, right? It's gonna be funny, and I got I got the sand outfit and everything. Now, if they don't want to get a picture, can they sit on your lap for free? Because you know that the thing at the Cherry Hill Mall there was a big, uh, a big, uh, a big thing. No one that. wants to sit on my lap just to not take a picture, do they? Yeah, like little kids to tell you what they want for Christmas. First of all, if a little kid wants to tell me what he wants for Christmas, I'm not gonna charge a kid. <laughs> And they can take the picture too. I'm, uh, let's be honest with you. I'm probably not going to be like, uh, "Excuse me, my good, my good man. This will be at least ten of your U.S. dollars." No, I'm not doing that. But I mean, shit. You want to sit there and tell me what you want for Christmas? We might argue. It's cool. No one wants to stand all day. You know. What I, I mean? think you're crazy. I charge everybody. Yeah. Do you have a chair like a Santa throne? 
Uh, I think we do. We got to. We we have until Saturday to figure it out. You know. But you I, know about this SOS? Scared of Santa? My brother was when he was a kid. And yeah. Pictures. No like way. That's great. That's yeah. a thing. Yeah. I oh, would. Shit. I, if I were you, I would definitely be like, it's a dollar. And then if you want a picture, picture's ten dollars. Yeah. But if you for, want to sit on my lap, it's a buck. Whoa. You might get arrested by vice. I know that man. seems like a weird. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's legal or that it's right, <laughs> dude. I don't I'm know. I'm just saying if it were me, that's what I. would My do. fear is that I'm going to show up dressed like Santa. Everyone's going to think it's a stupid idea, and I'm just going to not do anything. Just sit there and be like, "Picture? No." Okay. So you need to have like, do you have a sign and all this stuff, or is your, is only your... idea just like putting on Instagram that no, I, I got have a Santa outfit? I got a backdrop. We got a camera set up. We is got your... a chair and maybe a Christmas tree. Is your brother going to be an elf? No, but uh, I think our friend Cammy might be, and uh, maybe Lauren. Oh, Lauren. Oh, you're gonna have lady elves. No, hey, that man. makes no. I think that's nobody better... wants to do this. I was Everybody say... said I was crazy, but Yo. guess what? It's going the fuck down. Yo, that's if you happening. had asked me, I would have been an elf. You want to be just... an elf? Let's be elves. It's too I'm late. just saying. It's too late now. Uh, listen. All I hope is that I don't <laughs> feel like an asshole dressed like a Santa costume in the middle of the punk rock flea market. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's make sure ridiculous. you make sure you have Cinepunk's flyers. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people flyers. are going to be putting it put in your picture. That's a good style. Then. See, I think it's going to be great. Like no, I, I already told you. I think this is a great I'm idea. I'm afraid that it's not going to be good. I'm afraid that like they're going to charge us for the table. I'm going to be like, well, we only made $4. But uh, hey, man, you know, that's love. You'll but be I'm, there both days? I believe days I'll be there the Saturday. Uh, I don't are know you if I'll be have, there this Are you going to have the sleeves ripped off like we discussed? Uh, no, because the Santa like costume looks really good. Yeah, my idea was to rip off the sleeves and to wear corpse paint on my face. No. But then I looked at myself as a picture of just Santa just. And I'm like, yo, man, that's a good-looking brown-ass Santa. I'm not even going to do the white gloves. I'm going to keep it brown. Because uh, like Elvez said in his record, Merry Mexmas, sometimes... Santa Claus is brown. All the time. All the time if it's right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Punk Rock Flea Market. I'll be Santa. That's coming up. Um, the I'll, Beach be, I'll show. be working there taking your money. OB is going to be working there taking the money. So, say hi to OB. And uh, I'm stoked on that. That's really fun. I might come down just because of this thing that you're talking Dude, about. Dude. Yeah, have- bring $10. Get your picture taken. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> it's going to be an amazing scenario, I think, regardless of what happens. So, uh, so that's coming up. Um, th- I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of showed out at the moment, so I'm not really looking forward to anything coming up. I'm a little on just hangback mode for a little bit, you know? But um, I I'm, feel like there's a lot of shows coming up that I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to any of them. That's huh. cool. I'm a, I'm a I, was real, I was real sad I missed that uh, Pure Disgust show. That I really wanted to go to that, too, but then I didn't really want to go, because if I did, I would have gone, which I didn't do. I just didn't so. have the money. I was too broke. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all I got. Okay. So, Ob, thank you for being our guest. Thank you for being on the show. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for Keeping listening to us. Hyperbola to minimal. Well, <laughs> my presence. I, I I don't mean to hyperbolize, Ob, but you are the greatest guest <laughs> we've ever had on the show ever in the history of podcasting. <laughs> you are the best. So, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And uh, thanks to Kevin Hare for writing that awesome thing for us. And uh, thanks to Nuthouse Punks. Oh, yeah. Thanks to man, um, yeah, Nick. Uh, Nick, uh, Nick. I don't know how to say your last name. I thanks keep for Terry Black's Spotra. barbecue. We stole these souvenir cups and brought them all the way back from Austin. I always, they were purchased. <laughs> I always have to say I always have to say thanks to, to Doug Tilly because uh, not only did he design our website, but I regularly am like, dude, how do I do this? Dude, how do I do this? Dude, how do I do this? So he's setting up the horror business. Oh. oh, and big thanks to Justin Miller, who is designing the Har Business logo. 
Awesome. At least he sent me a half picture. So hopefully he's still that's designing it. Pretty sweet. And he didn't just decide the H and the O. It was like, all right, that's enough. I don't need to do anymore. Also, big ups to Justin Lord for just being him. Justin is the best. He is. Okay. So okay, we're done. Episode 41. Done. Yeah, whatever. Peace. Smoke bomb. <laughs>